Welcome to episode 448 of Conversation Street, the special anniversary edition. Happy anniversary, Coronation Street, every 60th anniversary. Woo woo, Diamond. 60 years. Oh, me. We're talking about the episodes of Coronation Street broadcast between the 7th and the 11th of December 2020. That's episodes 10,187 to 10,192, which includes the special anniversary day episode. What a week. We've We've been leading up to this for so long. Wondering yes. what's going to be like, making our predictions, thinking how the stunts going to be, if there are going to be stunts. We wondered whether it was going to be live at one point. And then that was... So finally, it, it's come to it. We've watched it. We got our thoughts. And I'm looking forward to sharing them all with you later. It's, I've got a feeling it's going to be a fantastic podcast there. Feel it in my bones. Um, I mean, the most special thing, of course, about this podcast, I would say, though, is that on our bonus show this week, we're joined by a very special guest. It is Sally... Denova, I am so, so excited. I've literally just got off the phone to her, what, 10, 15 minutes ago, I think? Yes, thank you very much. Sally, Sally, oh, it is amazing. She's been on the show for like 35 years. So to, so to be able to speak to someone about someone who's been with the show so long, so much history, so much sort of warmth about the show, it was wonderful. I, I kind of came up with the idea of inviting her on the podcast about six months ago. I kind of had a bit of a... Yeah, and I, who do I? Who would I really like to come on the podcast Put to celebrate the sixtieth anniversary? It's got to be someone big, and um, Sally Denver was was right up there. So I, um, it was after I did that Zoom quiz back in the summer. Um, after the after the quiz finished, I messaged some of the. Um, some of the other Coronation Street cast members did say, hello, thank you for doing the quiz. And, um, and Sally was one of the ones that replied and said, oh, it's nice, nice uh, meeting you. It's lovely to speak to you. And everything I was like, aha, uh-huh, right, I've got a link there. So then I thought, <laughs> oh, I need, to, I need to ask her whether she can be on the podcast. And it took me a long time. Like it, it was about two months ago or something, I think I asked her and she agreed. So I've been really, really excited to be able to share with everyone because I've had to keep it a secret up until now. And then, yeah, just, um, just earlier this afternoon, um, we had about half an hour phone chat and she was just as lovely and wonderful and chatty and smiley and positive as I hoped and thought that she would be. So if you haven't listened to that yet and you are interested in finding out about the past 35 years of Coronation Street from, say, Denver's point of view, then get on over there, press pause right now and listen to that interview. <laughs> you will not want to miss it. Ah. <sighs> Gemma, yeah. what else has been happening this week? It's been such a big week. It's been a special week. Celebration week. It feels like it's been non-stop Corrie stuff. I know. <laughs> Even some of the stuff we've wanted to be able to do, we haven't been able to do it's yet. It's been absolutely crazy. It has been so I think manic. we made a bit of an error because, in my opinion, it's been a year-long thing. <laughs> we've crammed sort it all of. in. Like we, but we've been working on... 60th anniversary stuff all year haven't we we've, we've that's why we've been watching the old episodes yeah. so really for most of this year i've been doing you know several hours extra coronation street things above and beyond all the other stuff that i would normally have done and so when we actually got to this week i was like 
oh, <laughs> there's even more things to do than I thought there were. Yeah. Because it's been, I thought it's this been was just a, another such, week. Such a great week to be a Coronation Street fan. I oh. mean, you have not wanted for content this week. There's There's been the extra documentaries on Monday and Wednesday. There's been radio interviews all over the place with yeah. various cast members. There's been pullouts in the newspaper. There's yeah. been magazine inserts. There's been so, so, so much. much I've, and so much that I haven't been able to absorb myself. We. I've I've done my best to tap into a lot of it, but I've got an awful lot more that is on my on my list of things to do, to listen to, to read over the next week or so. I have to say, In- it's also what? Go on. No, I was going. No, go on. Go on. I was going to say, including one of the things that you've done, which I haven't actually listened to yet, Gemma. You did your bit for the podcast this week twice, didn't you? Do you want to tell us a little bit about that, just in case <laughs> there's anybody listening here that doesn't know? Gemma's been a bit of a star. <laughs> Yeah, I did a couple of radio interviews this week and I never thought I would do anything like that for the podcast because, as you guys know, I am actually quite shy. And you wouldn't she's know true. that from listening to me, but she might sound I am bolshy, but very, she's shy. <laughs> very, very shy. And um, you're on Radio Five Live on yes. was it Monday, Tuesday? I can't remember. I've lost track of all the Tuesday. days. They've all just merged into one big mesh of coriness. And then on Wednesday, I was on Radio WM. BBC Radio WM, which is... Um, That's Midlands, wasn't yes. it? Yeah. Um, and I spoke to the presenters about Coronation Street, and it was really nice. I much prefer doing this than I than doing the magazine thing, because the magazine thing, I thought, was a bit too much about me. I didn't really like uh, making myself the centre of attention, but I liked going on the radio to talk about Coronation Street and the podcast, which was fun. And this has been on the cards for a couple of weeks as well, hasn't it? They the, asked a couple the Radio of, Five yeah. when they they messaged you a few. It weeks was because of the um, the piece in, in Fabulous Magazine, yeah. yeah. Um, that they got in touch, and then the other radio station must have got my contacts from their database or something. And you were so a bit nervous beforehand, I was but then very after, nervous. after it was over, you texted me, you were like, "Oh, it went really well." The so first I one really I was pleased. really happy with. The second one, I was like, "No." Okay, I haven't heard the good. second one yet, so don't spoil me. Have I, have I got gone for well, it? The in first the one, order? I was just like thrilled that I'd done it, and I was like, "Yes, I actually running on pure adrenaline." I, I thought I was useless, but I can talk about Coronation Street for five minutes without you came across like an so idiot. so well. I had to listen to it at school. I, had to, I sort of found myself a little empty room and listened to you for <laughs> how long? Were you it five ten minutes? It wasn't no, super it was long, like, was yeah, it? Yeah, five. Minutes. Um, and and yeah, I was so proud of you doing not... your bit for the podcast. <laughs> not the and only again the next day. Not the only person who's been on the radio this this week, am I? Um, Michael Adams, he's uh, yes. on, on our Facebook group, and also um, Andrew. Andrew, who's on our Facebook group as well. There's been a whole bunch of people. Interviews. Glenda's done a few yes. bits, hasn't she, from Coronation Everyone, Street blog? I tell you what, this is the only week, don't get used to it, guys, this is the only week that people want to hear from Coronation Street fans about Coronation Street. The rest of the year, they want us to shut up about it. I think it's lovely that they've wanted Coronation Street fans to talk about it. It's not just been about, <laughs> let's let's talk to the behind-the-scenes people, let's talk to the cast. It's the, you know, because Coronation Street is made for people like us, so why not get people like us to talk about it? Because we can chat passionately about this just as well. They were really the 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 hosts were really nice as well. I mean, and it was nice to talk to people about it, and you know, prepared some answers. So I wasn't like, I don't really know what I like about watching Coronation Street because you never really know how to answer questions like that, do no. you? But um, that was really good fun. Didn't Andrew do a, a couple of name drops for Conversation yes, Street on did. his interview? He Thanks, did. Adam. Well, <laughs> thank you very much. That was really cool. I was listening to <laughs> He got two in. That was great. See, I've not still not listened to that yet either. I really, really need to this weekend. Um, so, but I wasn't the only person who was being put on the spot. Oh, gosh, no. So I've been 
quite busy myself this week. I haven't done any other radio things, but I have taken part in two Coronation Street quizzes. And we spoke last week, or I spoke to you last week, about the distinct nostalgia um, first round in the quiz where I had my Pat Phelan 30 questions and I had to work out, uh, no, I had to answer as many as I could and then I got to take a gamble at the end and um, I knew when I was recording last week's podcast what my score was but I wasn't able to share it yet because the episode wasn't due to be broadcast until Sunday. So Sunday comes around and by that time I've already heard the first two episodes and I thought they've done pretty well. I've d- I did, uh, I got a higher score than the first one but I think that's just because they didn't gamble. They really seem to know their stuff about David and that was the Cory Cast Cards account and then we had David from Corypedia was on Saturday's episode with uh, Ken Barlow as his specialist topic and he, he barely dropped a point in that um my one came out on sunday and i ended up with what was it 32 and a half points because my my gamble yeah. at the end where i somehow was able to say that vicky's horse was called saracen i think you should win the whole no idea today. where that was stored in a little filing cabinet in my brain um, <laughs> well it's a shame the filing cabinet seems to be empty it was yeah yeah but the the, the door was stuck by the time <laughs> i came back for the final i mean the final i think is due to come out online tonight i mean by the time this is record this is recorded and released it'll be saturday and everybody will over down to hear just how well or otherwise I've done in that and um, yeah that was hard that was difficult we recorded that a couple of days ago and then it was on general coronation street knowledge rather than anything specialist and I thought I'll I'll be you know I know my stuff but there were some tough questions and I was doing this thing I I don't know who's Ken Marlow but you never know maybe that's happened to David with Corypedia as well I don't think so I think I predict he's going to be the one walking away with the but distinct nostalgia mug anyway, here. So I did, I, yeah. and, um, and 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 he's been doing it longer you than just we didn't have. Want so to embarrass yourself, and you did. I yeah. I do feel I when I finished recording that particular quiz, I embarrassed myself somewhat, <laughs> but I'm over it now. Um, so do well, go and listen if you in, want to hear all the things that I don't know about Coronation Street. But that wasn't the only quiz that I did this week. I was also took part in a fan quiz hosted by Michael Adams, who some of you might know from Twitter. And he put together this cool Zoom quiz with a load of other um, Coronation Street fans, or big, big, uh, big names in the Coronation Street fan community. Um, Plus Adam Bleeth, <laughs> who's obviously the most famous of us all for playing Dirk in the factory. And um, yeah, we had about a two hour long quiz on Sunday evening, wasn't it, by Zoom. And uh, yeah, I don't want to give away how well I did on that one. But um, I came away from that feeling a bit more proud of myself than I did with this big nostalgia <laughs> one. Um, but yeah, you'll, you'll just have to tune into that and see because again, I believe that that's being released this evening at some point so by the time this episode comes out on Saturday morning you should be able to go and watch that should you wish speaking of quizzes Gemma yes I believe that you've got a third one of the week prepared for me right now I do please t- ask me all about what happened 10 years ago on Coronation Street what what mode of transport careened off of the tracks onto the cobbles is that a question no because I think I know the answer go on then Right, okay. What have we got? This are things that happened between the 7th and the 11th of December in years ending in the 0 and a 5. I've sourced it from coronationstreet.fandom.com. I'm really, really curious to find out what you asked me about the tram crash. <laughs> like, You're about to find I out. I think I know, but you could t- ask me something really obscure. Wonder what you think I'm going to ask you. I don't go on, know. ask me. Right, question number one. What questions am I going to ask <laughs> no, you? No, go on. I'm just going to leave it to you. Thank you. I'm in the zone. All right, be quiet. I'm hyped. I just spoke to Dali Denever. 7th of December 2010. Tram crash horror. Uh. 
Who does Kevin think is inside the corner shop? Wally. And? Because it was. And Baby Jack. And? Sally. No. Oh, I don't know. Um, uh, I don't know. Sunita. Sunita. Okay. Do I get one point or half a point for that? You get two points. Oh, good. The events of this night triggers PTSD in which character? Got it. Correct. Which character goes into labour? Biz. Oh, that famous birth. <laughs> we can all picture it well. We can. 8th of December 2010, who do we see trapped in the joinery? Uh, Nick. Yes. Ashla. Yes. Peter. Yes. Don't forget, Nick and Ashley, best of friends. Yes. We've had that out in Wednesday's episode, didn't we? 8th of yeah. December 1965, wedding of which two characters who thought they were getting married in secret? Oh, that was... Oh, No. I remember watching that episode. We talked about it last week. We did. It wasn't, um... No, oh, don't say it wasn't. I don't no, know who it was. 1965. Who was it? Not very many weddings in those early I, days. I know, and we talked about that this is how I felt. Not even very many characters, on. Michael. <laughs> in my head, <laughs> it's just screaming. married. Dennis Tanner wrote me, but I know it's not him. What's your answer, please? I don't have an answer. I, I've forgotten. David and Irma. They, oh, of course it was. <laughs> I can't put that really in liked there. I David and Irma. They were brilliant. I put that in there as an easy question because I thought when I was writing these questions, I was like, I've got to give <sighs> some, some sort of... I've got to rebuild Michael's confidence here because he's been really After rubbish. My... <laughs> and I need him to, to forget how crap he was. So I'm going to ask him a question that you pretty much asked me last week. Yep. Now that shows how much attention that I'm paying. Go on. <laughs> I can't, even remember. I can't remember what happened a week ago, let alone 55 years ago. 8th of December, 1995. Marriage of which two characters, which wasn't a secret, but it definitely wasn't a good idea. Same day, 1995. <sighs> <laughs> God, then I, I must have just watched this on ITV3. Yeah, because you talked to me about it in length, at, length, at great length. Ah. Uh... Reg and Maureen. <laughs> no, Kelly and Raquel. Oh, gosh, of course. <laughs> well, it's yes. I'm hanging up my podcasting hat. Well, I can carry on. I'm, I'm confident You've now. You've proven, yeah. yeah. 8th of December 2000. During a dramatic standoff to protect the cobbles of Coronation Street. Yes. Don't drink Prince that because you're going to start burping. Put it down. I've just got some fizzy Vimto for Manchester. One character leaves and one character returns. What are their names? Peter returns. Yes. Um, Terry? No. Terry Terry did. I'm sure Terry left in that episode. You did not count? I don't know. I don't know what's no. later. Um, um, <laughs> Literally just said the beginning of Natalie. the name. Natalie. Yes. Natalie I think you should get that. Tough. 9th of I was, December. I was going to say it. 9th of December 1960. The corner shop changes hands. Who buys it and who do they buy it from? Laurie Lindley, Elsie Laffin. Yeah, that's an easy one. See, this is fun because I'm I'm like right at the beginning. I can ask questions about the 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 first. Oh yeah. Yeah, and now when we took over into two, 2021, I can do you sixty can, one. Who dies when they get run over by a car? I'll tell you next <laughs> October. Here's a good question: Ninth of December, nineteen seventy. Emily organises an outing for the residents to see a panto, but what is the story? 
What's the story? Of the, pan- of the panto, what's it based on? Didn't you ask me a panto question last week and the answer was Cinderella? I did. So I'm going to say Aladdin. <laughs> no, it was Cinderella. Cinderella. Oh, man. <laughs> I only asked you. Is that you. a different year? I only ask you questions now where the answer. You try and trick me. You try and the trick me The panto questions are always good. Are the answers always going to be Cinderella, Cinderella or Aladdin? Or the importance of being earnest. Is that a panto? <laughs> yeah, that well-known panto. Oh. 9th of December, 2010. Oh, Listen. What did John Stape leave behind at number five when he had to go to the hospital with Fizz? Um, dead body of Who? Charlotte Hoyle. Yes. Did he? I don't remember that. Why does Becky steal money from the corner shop safe? She wanted to buy Max. Who from? Kylie. Yeah. Why does Kevin have to tell the doctors at the hospital he is the baby's father? Why does he have to tell them? Hmm. Um, some blood reasons. <laughs> yes, blood transfusion. Yeah. I'm sure they would have checked it though. I'm sure they don't think they just go just put whatever in. <laughs> Which couple get married at the hospital? Peter and Leanne. Correct. Right, tenth of December, two thousand. Betty Williams quits at the Rovers. Unheard of. <laughs> When she discovered... How many times is that that she has quit by this point? <laughs> I don't think anyone could work out Lost that, count. I. Run out of fingers. <laughs> when, when she discovers that Natalie Barnes plans to rename the Rovers what? Ah, uh, When was this? 2000. I thought that she, Natalie had left by this point. Michael, take it out with Coropedia. Oh, no, but... Oh, again, in my head, it's just got that Rovers with a Z on the end. Like, that was Jenny and Johnny a few years ago, wasn't it? It wasn't the Rovers with a Z. No. Because oh, okay, that would I... be Zovers, and that's can, stupid. Can, can, you, can you like help me out a little bit with a clue for a half It's two point? letters, I mean, two words. Yeah. And it's a, it's a sort of uh, aquatic animal that's gone a bit squiffy. Yeah, boozy newt. <laughs> It's not the Scriffy Toad. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> that was too many hints. I still had to have had it in there somewhere. To Eleven. Like. You couldn't work out Scriffy Toad was boozy news. You didn't. You said aquatic animal. It I could am... have been the inebriated octopus for as far as I know. <laughs> I had it in me. Right. <laughs> yeah, I never doubted you. That's what I'm scoring this week's episode. That of inebriated octopus. Or it's octopi. <laughs> oh, let's not get into that. Oh, my God. 11th of December 2015. What information does Rob Donovan use to try to blackmail Johnny Connor? And that's the last question. I remember that because he saw Johnny in the paper, didn't he? Oh, that he's um, Carla's dad. That Johnny is Carla's dad. Yeah, not, <laughs> not Rob. Rob. <laughs> One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen, eighteen. Eighteen out of twenty-two. That's all right. I'll take it for the anniversary. Week, I think that's pretty good. You I'm got not, a bumper. Not going to be going anywhere questions. soon. I did. Who has got a Corrie birthday, birthday time this today? Week? Birthday time today. Almost Here Christmas birthdays. Twelfth of December. Susie Hush. Katie Kavanaugh plays Julie Carp. Oh, Stephen Arnold plays Ashley Peacock. Thirteenth of December. He so he like they killed him off during his birthday week. <laughs> That's mean. He filmed it before. It's fine. Thirteenth <laughs> of December. Oh, no, actually, no, he didn't because it was live, wasn't it? Yeah, he literally had to come in a week before his birthday. Rubbish. 
I at least he was free to free, yeah, done with, yeah. better that than on your birthday yeah I still think if I was in charge of the government if I became prime minister one of my first, my laws would be you can't you don't have to work on your birthday I was going to say I thought, I thought you were going to say if I became prime minister I'd make my birthday and bank holiday <laughs> And everyone would be free to celebrate my birthday and bow down at number ten. You'd have to, you'd have to write it in though that the Queen was exempt because she has to do stuff on her birthday, didn't she? Because we all, have, we all want to show her. Also, little... she'd get two days off. the yeah. Skyver. We're like, look at us, Queen. We've done a special dance for you, and she's like, yeah, it's very good. Well done. <laughs> Thank you. I'll put it on my fridge. Um, <laughs> do you have dance on your fridge? Thirteenth of December. Angela Crow plays Doreen Lostock. Lost Doc. Lost Doc. I knew I'd get it wrong. We know now. Tupeli Dorgu played Kelly Crabtree. 15th of December, Michael Lavelle plays Kevin Webster. I've just been talking about him. 16th of December, Nicholas Cochrane, who played Andy McDonald. Mm -hmm. And 18th of December, director Mervyn Cumming. Lovely. Happy Happy birthday birthday to to you. Oh, different pronouns. Oh. That's it. So, the time has come to get to our street talk section of the podcast, where we get to share our wild and varied opinions on this week's Coronation Street. And so I, strap yeah, yourselves are, in, everybody. There are differing opinions. Yeah, warning. Get differing ready. opinions alert. Uh-oh. Although, <laughs> there are some things that we definitely agree on. on What's the, that? Monday's episode. Uh, we both agree that Imran is a snack. Uh, <laughs> I Move on. say that. Move on. Next, street talk, coming up. Okay, we're there at last. So, this difference of opinion that we were just talking about, Gemma. Um, I well. thought it's rude to hit people on the head when they're just enjoying a drinking, <laughs> and Michael said that you should no. if they're annoying. No, we're talking about the, the, the episodes as a whole, and I think, looking back at the week, I think I'm, we're, we're going to end up saying that you enjoyed it more than I did. I still thought it was a strong week. It was definitely, you know, it felt special. But there was some, I've got some issues with it that maybe you don't. So we'll talk through those as we go through each story. Um, so we're going to be starting off, I think, I want to go with the, you know, the poster boy of the week, which is the raise race to raise the place, which um, it's basically what the whole of the 60th anniversary has been plotted around, really, isn't it? Ray um, getting his bulldozers in and trying to knock down the street. Although it turned out that it wasn't necessarily the main focus of it. But because the some of what happens in there affects the other stories, we're going to kick off with that one. Um, Jeff is gone, Gemma. <laughs> He certainly has. He's over. He 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 started off the week in court and yeah, ended up fine, on on the forecourt, splattered out. <laughs> um, so yeah, Yasmin is now Jeffrey, which is what oh, I want to call God. this. In fact, she is a Jeffrey Metcalf. Isn't <laughs> so that's going to be. I think she'll be keeping that name. I think somehow. I'm expecting she's going to be. But you think, does she go back to Nazir? Does she go back to the surname of the husband that she also takes? You know. Yeah, maybe it's time we for might a change. Fi- maybe we'll finally find out what Yasmin's maiden name was and she'll go back to that one. She should call herself Yasmin Phoenix. Yeah, rising from the ashes Literally. Or the flames of the of the house. Oh yeah, that, that fire on Wednesday. <laughs> seemed to put itself out. I... Well, you know, sometimes it just happens, isn't it? That's what the fire brigade always say. <laughs> just leave it. Sometimes it goes out. <laughs> Don't bother phoning us until the whole house is ablaze. Um, we then had a little bit of the the regular Ollie Gone story, which is still the NAF storyline title, but also it was a bit of a NAF story this week. I felt that that ended up being a bit of a weak link. Sam Samanigans. Like huh? shenanigans, but Sam. 
Semanigans. We can call it that if you want. Um, and then <laughs> finally, we have the story that looked like it was going to be the weak link of the week, but actually turned out to be something ooh, dead juicy, exciting and juicy. So we really had three. Big... Oh, I'd say it was more saucy with all that ketchup on the ground at the end. So that is the fagging, shagging, and falling off wagon slash smug Scottish hit, which is what happened to us. Smug Scottish git at the end of the episode. Oh, do we call it Smug Scottish hit or Smug Scottish git hit? I don't know, I'll decide by next week. I've had to come up with this really quite at the last minute because we did not see that attack happening until it did. Yeah. So I didn't have time to prepare a storyline title. I'm just saying it's that's the best awful. I could come we up get, with. Don't get told in advance and these things are going to happen. So would you, would you, do you want to do the Ray stuff or do you want to do the Jeff stuff, Gemma? Well, Looking at our orders. Have you got, you got Jeff and, and uh, Fang and Shaggin or you've got your Ray... And your and your Leanne stuff. Well, I think the most exciting things are the Jeff and the. Oh, you can. I, I'll, I'll let you have those. I'll I'll talk to the about the Ray storyline. I I was going to say earlier, like, oh, there were three big like um, climaxes this this week for the three big storylines, but it actually wasn't. It was like one big one for y- Yasmin, and then on Monday when she got out, and then Jeff on on Wednesday dying, and then so that was the same story, mm. and then. Fridays was the yeah, the Carla and stuff. Yeah, yeah, it was good. The, the... So, so really, the main story that we all thought was going to be the main story, the raising of the of the brewery, never nothing happened. Well, we didn't really even think as we were going into the week, as far as I remember, that it was the brewery that was going to be bulldozed no. by the by the diggers. I mean, we also the, saw the poster with Debbie. Uh, what was that? Debbie Ray and, and whatever, and the bulldozer in the background. And I thought, um, and we've been talking for weeks about are they actually gonna they're gonna mow down the maisonettes? But no, they didn't even try it's, this. It week. was funny how it, this was like it was a red herring. <laughs> it really was, and, and I don't whole... think they meant it to be. And no. I think that had things gone the way they'd originally planned to at the beginning of the year before COVID, this probably would have been a this, bit more dramatic the, yeah and the centrepiece and then what it was all built around but it, it turned out to be a little bit of a damn squid <laughs> <laughs> let's find out so well, we... we look the one thing that i think everyone was waiting for was the sinkhole to come into effect i was somehow. waiting for that sinkhole and that bloody thing could not have been more irrelevant that sinkhole is a massive flop that's a white Sorry. elephant you... <laughs> what is it with you and your weird sayings this evening <laughs> I it felt like the sinkhole was when did it open up September it felt like oh they're, they're putting this in so that it's going to be something important for the 60th like... anniversary and it's just like no just over the past few months people have been coming in through David's back door and saying I've just been looking at the sinkhole and that's literally all the sinkhole has been doing for it's, all this time I mean it Sarah today David's selling I suppose but Sarah today came through the back garden and not you know in the dark she didn't fall down the sinkhole at all and really, you said... To be said, fair, she just had to walk through the gate and down the patio, unless she took a massive detour. Well, and the other thing is, you said about... Um, uh, oh, I forgot what I was going to say. I was talking about it... I don't know what I said, about it making David want to sell up. Yes, that's it. Um, the thing is, he didn't want to sell because of Shona, and Shona said she didn't care. So that he didn't even need a sinkhole. He could have just said, raise off for enough money to move. But I don't want to, Shona, because I thought you wanted to stay here. And Shona would have gone, I don't remember this place. Yeah. Let's move. I, I really do think that it makes you know, me in, think, another, in another life, in a parallel yeah, non-COVID world, that deal. sinkhole would have had to People have might have been falling deal. in it, holding on the sides, climbing up. A bit like um, in Batman, that bit where he's in the prison. It's a big hole in the ground. 
Um, I. They just I need think... to get one of the factory girls to get out there into number eight's back garden with their sewing machine, stitch it up, and let's just forget it ever happened. Well, they need to chuck some crap and in it's there. It's not, not that they're actually doing any work at the factory at the moment. No. A bit of freelance. But, but it right. makes me think they went, oh, yeah, let's have a sinkhole. And this was the part of their plan at the beginning of the year. And they spent money somehow on something that meant they had to have a sinkhole. Like, did they buy a giant piece of green cloth? <laughs> and they're like, we have to use this now. You can't don't understand how somehow. expensive. And we can't, we can't dress characters in it because then people will make funny outfits on them on, on the internet. <laughs> you see what happened to the Queen that time? She wore that green dress. It was horrendous. Well, they, they, they got a double use out of it when they were filming the Jeff on the Roof scenes this week, didn't they? Because some, some of it was filmed yeah. out there and some of it was green screen. They also but... had plenty of cloth for their um, documentary uh, thing. Oh, that yes, was they set did. against green screen. There was lots of green screening. So, you know, thing. who knows how big this sinkhole is going to be originally. I just, We've got I feel 50 metres of, of green screen disappointment fabric. about this sinkhole. Absolutely pointless sinkhole. Absolutely I was, pointless. I was, I was okay and I with it not really appearing between September and this week. So I thought, okay, fine, you know, you know Yep. COVID can excuse many a thing, but I was pretty convinced going into this week that we were going to have a digger driving down that sinkhole. Honestly, that was my big theory going well, into would this get week. There? I don't really know. I mean, like I said, I thought that they were going to try and bulldoze down the masonettes rather than the brewery. Like, who cares? I about just the want to say again, but, we had another argument on Facebook about what is the definition of a masonette, and there is no agreed upon definition of what a masonette is. Except, I want to say that I don't think it ever, ever, ever refers to a terraced house. <laughs> I think it is any building which has an its own private entrance, which isn't actually technically a house. Well. Because we live in a masonette, and our we live in a, a building where someone else lives above us, but we have our own entrance. It's not flat. Uh, but these houses have been called masonettes the whole time. Mm. They're not Doesn't masonettes. Doesn't matter. Doesn't I think somebody pointed out that, that originally there were masonettes there. Yeah, there were. That's and I think that's why they're died, called masonettes. Maybe. But I think that's the only reason. Um, Sorry, anyway. No, it's fine. Yeah, I, I thought that I thought that a digger, even after Monday's episode when the protesters were stopping the diggers coming round you know, through the through Nuttall's gates, I thought that maybe there's going to be some kind of swerving. Or even when Abby took charge of the digger, was she going to go haywire in it and go down the sinkhole? I know it's not even the first house you come across. You'd have had to go past the Nazia's, you know, run over Jeff down on the floor there through uh, Sally, narrowly avoiding her conservatory and then into the sinkhole. I don't know, maybe. Or even when Jeff was up on the roof on Wednesday's episode, I'm like, he's going to fall off. I thought, is he going to actually fall off down the sinkhole? Because they were climbing all, all across that roof, weren't they? They, were, they didn't have to be above the Nazir's backyard when it happened. But... No, and, and just to point out, in case anybody was confused, because somebody did ask us this question on our Facebook group, the, the brewery they were going to knock down is not the same brewery as Newton and Ridley Brewery. And it's always bothered me on the show that they get their beer from Newton and Ridley when they're literally, the Nuttles Brewery is literally within throwing distance of the pub. But that is the what that's the way it's been for many a year. Yeah, but not all the time, is it? That's the thing. I think the Nuttles Brewery has only been there for about 20 years or so, despite what Ken would have you believe in his Tiananmen Square well, speech this Ray's, week. Um, Roy's been saying it's been there for since the... Um, 
what are they called? Suffragettes? Yes, yeah, so I, I don't, I don't think it has been. Well, it has been. Apparently. Well, I saw an episode that was in the early 90s and uh, on ITV3 earlier this year or last year and it had Jack getting on a bus to go to the Nuttles Brewery. So unless it took a massive detour... Um, I think this is what I think we've that the Nutters Brewery has its canon um, places moved across the years. This is what we've been saying before about uh, if you're like a long term fan of Coronation Street, and now I I consider myself more to be that now than I did b- before the beginning of this year. Now I've seen so many more episodes across the decades than I had before. Really, the other side of the street is so kind of changeable and malleable that I don't understand why we're really supposed to care whether they knock down the Nuttles Brewery or not. Like, go, have at it, bulldoze it, I, think I don't the, care. I think the thing with that this week was that if you've knocked down the brewery, if Ray gets the brewery knocked down, then everything else will come down like a pack of cards Look, around it. Like we, we've totally now. sidetracked what we were supposed to be talking about. So Okay, so the, the episode starts off on Monday with that fantastic Imran speech, which, which is his little... Uh, we get to see the montage of all the big characters of the week getting up to... a you know, their little mischief oh, yeah. bits. He's including reading off Ray. his notes, isn't he? Yeah, Ray, Ray's right. got all his... Doc- yeah, he, yeah, he is. He's, he's got his little he's got highlighted notes. a lovely handwriting. Notes. Yeah, but he can't use apostrophes properly. <laughs> um, Ray's looking at his documents with, with photographs of all his evil plans on there and he's smiling away. Um, we find out... Oh, yeah, Kevin was going to be going to Blackpool, wasn't he? He was going to Blackpool to get a part, but I thought they cancelled the Pantos. <laughs> but they haven't. Because Kate and Wills took their kids to the panto today. And also, I'm supposed to be going to the panto. Oh, you always have to get Kate and Wills into the podcast. It's um, um, of, not my fault. The royal family's never been more relevant, Michael. <laughs> something we haven't mentioned on the news ever <laughs> yet is that Connor and Les are back in panto again this Christmas. They're doing some um, some piratey panto thing, you know, virtual online panto thing. Oh. They were, they were practising, they were rehearsing at the Alamo just this well, earlier this week. I'm going to an in-person panto and I was worried about it, but we have got a box so I think Good. it's safe. Anyway, on to our second note of the week. We're, this is going to be a long street <laughs> right, talk. Last sorry. week's was definitely the longest street talk of the year, if not ever. And Let's I don't know whether this is going to... Let's see if we can not make to... this too long. Well, I mean, it, is, <laughs> it has been a late start. Um, so Ray tries to persuade Brian to sell up. So we know that um, as of last week, number 12, the cabin, all that kind of area there, that still belongs up to... Up grabs. Yeah, still, uh, yeah, well, it's up for Ray to grab, but, but Ryan doesn't want to let yeah. go. Yeah, Kathy and Brian own that, and Rita owns the flat upstairs. Yes, I think that's right. <laughs> and and Ray's trying to tempt them with this 50 grand bonus. Yeah, Brian says he's not interested, although he kind of looks a bit intimidated by the fact that Ray is you know, still nagging at him about this. Um, Kathy says, no, look, we're not having, not having this. Stick it, says Kathy, not selling up. So Roy, meanwhile, is getting very excited about the idea of getting the brewery listed because it turns out that it's got some old pipes or... I don't know. I'm sure it's not an unfamiliar process. I'm sure people in different countries understand what this is, but just in case you didn't, in this country, I think it's really old, it gets listed, and then it means yeah, they you got, to... Yeah, they're doing Barbara Knox next and, and William Roach. <laughs> <laughs> just means you have to buy your paint from somewhere really expensive, and you're not allowed to, to get double glazing unless the Queen says you, you can, <laughs> I think. It's, they, they were also, weren't they saying that the suffragettes used to use it as a meeting place? But I think something? they said that that wasn't true. Oh, well, it doesn't matter. He's still feeling pretty oh, confident didn't, anyway. Didn't somebody say somebody got h- hanged? Somebody's Maybe. relative got hanged or something. 
I don't know. Did I make sure. that up? You might. I don't remember that, but you, I don't, I've not been paying attention. So Debbie comes in and she offers to help out. Um, oh, thank you, Debbie. Which is great for her because she gets to find out about their plan because Ken and Roy innocently reveal it to them uh, to her and she wishes them good luck and then scurries off back <laughs> to Ray. He's getting pretty riled up by this. The local history lot, the local history lot are incorruptible, he says. That's more feeling, wasn't it? I'm sorry. He's they, getting a bit more feeling-ish. By day by day, I he is. He's say. getting closer to, to, to closer to Scouse. He's going further down that motorway there. Um, they need to send in the demolition crew today. No, I don't know where that came from. So Not bad. Debbie causes a distraction back at number thirteen by cutting herself, and she's chopping up something to make the lunch or something. Um, and she says, "Kevin, Kevin, go and look in the car for a plaster. I'm sure that's the only place where they are in the whole house." Now we uh, saw at the end of last week's episode, Debbie had planted something in the front of what we presume was Ken, uh, Kevin's car, and you'd said, "Reckon it's drugs." And you're absolutely right. We don't find out where she got the drugs well, from or anything like that. But it never it gets stated matter. what what it is. But it's a piece of foil in an oblong a small oblong like the size of the palm of, of someone's hand it's probably with like a brown, Kit Kat or something with brown substance smeared on it and I was going to say it's somebody's Kit Kat oh I'm sorry I got pocket. in there before you <laughs> well Kevin just He's sees like, the silver foil and that's Kevin's enough, like Abby you've been eating Kit Kat's well weekend I told you I was saving it there's two sticks on there we could have had one each it's they're for on. sharing everybody knows they're we're for sharing we're a couple now <laughs> Um, no, she comes back in, it's drugs, and Abby's like, I, I don't know anything about that. If it was me, I wouldn't be stupid enough to just go around leaving it in the car, and she's right, you know. You would if you were high. I suppose so, but you might wonder <laughs> about it the next day. Where did I put my kick? <laughs> oh no, I sat on it, it's melted. <laughs> he is not so sure who to believe at this point, because you want to... St- I tell you what, they didn't, they didn't play this up very much. It ha- it kind of comes up a bit with Carla and Peter, but the paranoia you must feel if you live with an addict and you're waiting for them to fall off the wagon or relapse or something, yeah, it must drive you crazy because every single time you get you you know you 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 encounter something like this, of course you go well. It's clearly you. You've been doing drugs again. Mm. So um, Abby ends up storming out because Kevin. Kevin you know, doesn't, doesn't immediately not, yeah. stick stick by his girl. Yeah. So Sebby and Debbie says, "Well, that explains Abby's behaviour recently, I suppose." So she's, she's just put the cat on the pigeons, really. Abby comes back later, insisting she was set up. Accuses Debbie, who fires back at her, says to Kevin, "Look, Abby's putting Jack's safety at risk by bringing drugs into the house." He's not here at the moment. Kevin, yeah, Jack's not even here all week. He's he's been with a friend all week or something. The question they? is, where did where did Debbie get these this drug paraphernalia from? They're just hanging around Bessie Street. Or did Street she just gates. like just she just torture Kit Kat? Literally, it's not a Kit Kat, Gemma. That no, was I know, a joke, but how remember. do you how do you make how do you what does it look like? I don't even know what it would look like. Brown foil? Is it like brown? Oh, it's just from... an Oxo cube, probably. <laughs> They're easy to get hold of. Just go down to Devs. Well, I'll go to Co-op. It's probably. Have cheaper. you got any Oxo cubes that look like drugs, Dev? Yes, we do actually. <laughs> Prop guys are always in there asking for those. Uh, Kevin goes to pick Jack up from school. He doesn't seem to have taken a side yet and he comes back in almost immediately because what is that out on the street? It's only a massive digger he, with Ray right behind it. Can I just say, he doesn't seem concerned to the level that he should be about what is going on here because either his girlfriend has relapsed and she's back on very hard drugs and she's driving his kid around in a car while doing them. I don't know how because, I, you know, you need all your hands to, to do, work the steering wheel for a start. Mm. Or 
she's been stitched up by somebody who has access to the car, of which there are only really two people, Jack and Debbie. Mm. And he's not really that the, bothered. The drug the, does the drugs thing get brought up? No, by the end really, of the episode, it's like, it just kind of Debbie never says sorry about, about that. Sorry about that, Abby. You were getting too close to my nefarious plans. <laughs> you know, it was it's un, unforgivable, wasn't it? Really, what she did to her. I think that by the end of the week, because um, you know, too much Debbie's stuff has evilness happened. had been found out. Too much other they stuff just happened. They pinned it all on her. But, but Kevin really is so dense, isn't he? He just like, no. do you not wonder where the drugs came from? He's like, well, it's either it was either Abby or it wasn't Abby. Well, if it wasn't Abby, who was it, Kevin? You donkey. Well, I think, well, so that's but but he thinks it is at the moment. He thinks it is, and and like you said, He's when really... you're living with someone who's an addict, you're just waiting for. No, but he, at the end, he worked out it wasn't her. Did he though? She, he still doesn't doesn't. Con, um, I think he's forgotten about it because there's been lots of. He other really is so simple minded. He probably has forgotten it happened. Or is that just the script writers have forgotten that they'd, that they'd not, put that in let's on Let's not Monday. start that. Um, anyway, this digger is. Um, it starts off at the top of the end of the street outside the cabin. Rita's there for the first time in six months. I don't know what she's been doing. Again. Um, she gives Ray a jolly good talking to while Brian does his best Churchill impression. 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 Um, I didn't like any of the speeches that anybody gave. I don't all week. think I did either. Um, the digger is headed for the brewery, as we said earlier. Abby no gathers everybody together for a sit-in outside the gates. Protect the brewery. Um, so they set up camp, trade insults with the with the digger driver, and for now, Ray appears defeated. And that's kind of as far as it goes on Monday. Surely this will pick up on Wednesday, the big 60th anniversary episode. Kind of, kind of not. Evelyn's joined in, so that's a load of fun. She starts doing a speech on a what's it, a megaphone at the beginning of Wednesday's episode. Everyone's feeling rowdy, and another bulldozer turns up. Um, Debbie has a sneaky, sneaky listen to Abby telling Kevin about getting the brewery listed. So she gets her phone out and tells Ray, look, we've got a problem here. Um, the digger later on, it's the nighttime falls. It takes their fire pit. This is it's awful. Just not cricket. Um, and, and this is when Ken does his speech. This isn't a development, it's demolition. And he does this, this very, this, this tank man impression. I, I don't, I don't think, I, I didn't mind it, but I, I don't think it needed to be pointed out. to be the most insulting thing I've ever seen on television. Explain. Yeah, they didn't, we, yeah, you're right. We didn't need to have somebody it was go, like oh, it looks like, 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 looks tank, like tank man. man. Tank Man isn't a superhero. Tank Man <laughs> is a bloke who was protesting the murder of students by the government of the country that they lived in. People were crushed underneath the wheels of tanks and murdered as they protested. It's not comparable to people protesting about gentrification and knocking down a listed brewery that has got really nice struts inside it. <laughs> it was so insulting, especially considering what has happened in China, in Hong Kong with the protesters oh, right, trying right. to protect their rights against a tyrannical government that wants to strip away democracy. It just boggled my mind that they they really wanted us to know that they knew what Tank Man was. Like, Tiananmen Square is one of the most horrific things that we know that the Chinese government has done. Imagine what else they've done that we don't know about, and they're doing it right now. Yeah, I think, I think if they'd have just shown Ken, people might have gone, oh, that looks a bit like that. And they then... didn't need to point it out. Yeah. Well, as soon as I saw... The, I, I, 
as soon as I saw a picture of it, because I did see a picture of Ken standing there before I saw the episode, I thought, that looks like Tank Man. I just can't get the idea out of my head of him being a superhero now you said that. Like, the fact massive also, thing comes out of his chest and fires <laughs> cannonballs at you. He is a tank. The thing is, the, nobody knows what happened to him either. It's very possible he was dragged away and murdered. Mm. It's just not... Just anyway, don't need this it. isn't a podcast for politics. I don't even know who the Prime Minister is. Abby... Yes, you do, because he did a tweet about Coronation Street. <laughs> oh, yeah, he Street. did, didn't he, old Bojo? He said, happy birthday, Coronation Street. And oh. everyone went, get on with it. Get on with Brexit. <laughs> um, anyway, what's going on? He does him, He does his big speech about, also, I was yeah. born in the shadow of the brewery. No, you weren't, Ken. That was Ellison's <laughs> raincoat factory, I think, or whatever it was back then. The also, he's like, this isn't a development, it's a demolition. What, how do you get... How do you develop things? Build on top of them. You just build on the top. It gets a bit like Jenga. You said at the time that Ken's speech there, it felt very much, you know, let's open the box of Corrie's speeches about I've lived here for a long time. It just didn't... And it's just felt... We, just we've heard care. it before. Gail said it. Ken said it before. Rita said it a load of times before. Yeah, they used it re- too referencing much. referencing the fact that you've been in the show for a long time. Yeah. The other thing was to... Bit, yeah, this, this was the episode. Wednesday was the episode when they finally remembered what gentrification was. They never said the word, but they finally started to say, you can't do this because you'll price us all out and our children won't be able to afford to live here. It's like, traditionally, this is not how, what people do, though. I know <laughs> that you guys do this and your children move in up the road from you. <laughs> and Ed, the only person I thought made sense was Ed going, my kids won't be able to buy a flat here, it's too expensive. Yes, Ed, you need to get those children out of your house. They're both grown <laughs> adults. They need to move out immediately. Um, it should be like, they should be happy. They're already living like six to a two-bedroom house. Yeah. They should be grateful if they're building more flats. <laughs> Nobody complained about Victoria Court when it got built. It said it was too fancy and expensive. There's plenty of professionals living on that street who are living in places that are far below the standards that they would actually be living in. We, we've just tapped back into what we've been saying about the story for yeah, a little while now. It's, it's totally like, missed the mark, this has. Mm, and, and we were waiting to see if this week would make us care about it They more. tried really hard to think of reasons why people would care this much and they didn't they didn't really pull it out of the bag on it i don't think you can't just never develop anywhere or put in more property and considering how overcrowded everything is and how like how many people don't have homes to build more places to live i can't see how they, you can moan just, about it i i didn't really hear very many convincing reasons no. about why they why we they didn't want to do this considering the amount of other building works that have been going on around that area over the past 60 years um, and also the fact that there weren't very many residents that were protesting. What was they there, like eight, yeah. nine of them? And uh, most of them <laughs> hadn't been there for five minutes apart from Ken. And the other th- question I've got for you is, what are they doing in Nuttall's Brewery? If they ain't brewing beer, what are they doing in there? Um, Nothing, just sitting around admiring the interior architecture or something. Mm. Well, what, what, why is there a brewery there? It has been there. And that wasn't No, no, no. I know it has been there, Michael. But what I'm saying to you is, if you're a business and you're making beer... Yeah. On a, on a Wednesday afternoon, can somebody just roll up and run you over? Oh, yeah. I, no, I, is I it think... Not, is it not? I think it has been closed now, I think they well, said. Well, then bloody knock it down and build some flats. Although it wasn't... When they had... Um, <laughs> when they had all the Victoria Street building work there... When was that? Last year? The year before? I've lost track now. Didn't... I'm sure they had, like, posters about... We're redeveloping the brewery. 
you know, up. I, and that was that was the excuse for why there was tarpaulin oh, everywhere yeah. down Victoria Street Open for all gym that. Yeah. So uh, yeah, useless waste of space is what it is. I don't it, care whether it's got nice beams inside it. Yeah, they they, they could do something with that. <laughs> It's not what Coronation Street wants us to say about this. It's not what they wanted to say, but they needed to do a card to make us care. (laughs) Anyway, um, (laughs) it's okay because oh, okay. Oh no, it's not okay. This we don't have the bloke come yet. What's very up to? This is where Abby. Abby, this is where Abby does a hero bit for the week, doesn't she? I I thought this bit was fun. She she um, takes advantage of Ken's temporary distraction to um, jump into one of the digger, and she kind of commandeers it and starts swinging it around and having a bit of fun. She starts making sparks come out of the cobbles, which you know Ken would have been furious about twenty years ago. This he was fine with it now. (laughs) Um, She ends up knocking the power out because there's a little electricity box or whatever they oh, called no. over there. Oh no! And the and ring that, road's backed up as and well. And that sets the tone for the rest of the week. And that Dark. was that was one of my favourite things that happened in this story. The power being knocked out <laughs> and the fact that the rest of the week was all in, you know, relative darkness, which I thought helped the atmosphere an awful lot. So whoever yes. came up with that idea, very, very clever. Good idea. Later on, the cops have arrived. Some bloke turns up with a temporary stop notice for the bulldozers. It's like, on behalf okay. of the Society for the History of is Weatherfield. It, is it one of Kevin's mates or something that's found it? It felt very much like... Um, what? Yeah, yeah damp, damp squibbish. Anticlimactic. Well, Somebody just saying, here's a bit of paper. At least in the 40th, they had Noddy Holder come and deliver a, a, a notice in the, in the last um, Who would you want now? Act. What, what comparable celebrity could we get um, to come and deliver the good news? Keith Lemon. <laughs> Oh, God damn it. Um, yeah, I mean, everybody seems to think that this is the end of Ray's plans, but um, I thought it was fairly obvious order. that Ray is not going to give up, even before I saw Friday's episodes. I didn't get why people thought this was the end of it can't be. the Ray I mean, development. I mean, for a start, he's got a load of property now. Yeah, he's got a little bit. Yeah, so but I, he's got, he's got, for a start, he's got David's house. If I was Ray and this was really the end of the story and I wasn't allowed to develop and make all my millions of pounds, I'd just evict David and live there and annoy everybody. <laughs> you know, I mean, that's what he, if he wants to get petty I think, with it. I, I, we've never seen where Ray actually lives, but I imagine that moving into number eight would be a bit of a come down. Does he just live in the penthouse suite of his, probably one of his hotels? Probably just moves he's around. One of his hotels. We, we hear about all these hotels. Yeah, we only ever like, see him in one. All, he goes from mouth. the bistro to the other hotel and that's about it it yeah. is it is he is all mouth and no trousers because he keeps trying to take them off to have it off oh, with, no, no, with no. various employees um, anyway the the, the so, plan has been thwarted for now um, and then we yeah, find yeah Ray finds out they yeah, find out that they find Ray out that Ray found out about the plans yeah the, the bloke who brings it says oh yeah Ray nearly tried to put a kibosh on this and then Abby says, I think that Debbie might be a mole. She comes up with that. She puts two and two together pretty quickly there. They confront Debbie, who says, fair cop, governor, I am Bray's business partner. Guilty as charged. She's like, do you know but that this hotel's going to have a swimming pool? be great. Yeah, she's, she's just, I do kind of feel sorry for Debbie for some, in some way. I mean, even on today's episode, she was trying to say, well, this is, this is why I did it. And it's really, if she's just trying told to protect them. people's interests. I don't think that she's as evil as... She's I, not that evil, but she should have said something when she turned up to start with and not lied that she was poor. True, and got her, true. <laughs> got her relatives who are clearly not... Oh, where's the fun in that? Buy me chips, I'm unemployed. Kevin ends up turning his back on her and announces to everybody that Debbie has stitched them right up. Shun her. Yeah. Um, Then we got Craig coming along. 
um, to oh, the yeah. bistro to say to Ray that protesters aren't committing a crime, so sorry, I can't get rid of them. And also, there's been a temporary stop order placed at the site. Curses, says Ray. And Faye's there, still being his ass kisser, saying, oh, don't worry, Ray, we'll, we'll, you'll get what you want. And, and I, he's like, I, I know why awesome. I would, come in here. Yeah, he does. He goes and locks her in the office together. Um, and it looks like he is up for round two with Faye. And after this Doesn't episode... Doesn't look like she is. No. After this episode, I was like, oh, a Friday's episode is going to follow... It's going to have to follow straight on because it was left as a... Dot, no, dot, dot, dot. Dot, 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 exactly. So we're still on Wednesday at the moment. But Friday's episode today, um, Gary very handily happens to come in to interrupt a bit of Ray rape because he comes in and he hears... Faye going, no, Ray, don't do it. Please, Ray, no. Gary, um, what, does he break down the door or something? No, he says, remember. come out. And then... Faye's Faye Faye there doing her, the doing up my blouse thing. And Ray's there putting his belt back on. Gross. Disgusting. Um, and I it, can't believe, I know why, I know they couldn't have Ra- Gary Lampin because of COVID. But I really think of all the people that deserved a punch in the face and all the people that would have delivered it... Gary really would have delivered a punch right into Ray's head. Did you just say delivered? Yeah. <laughs> I wonder whether they do the beast, Joe. Um, Gary. Don't you think yeah. he was asking for it? Yeah. Oh, and if oh, anybody yeah, was going to do it, and he was like, Gary's like, Faye, get over there, get out of the way. I was like, come on, go on, go on. No, but he head. does instead give a line that was just as sharp as any kind of axe that he could have dug into Ray's back, which was, you can shove these contracts so far up, you can taste Time's New Roman. <laughs> I liked that. I hadn't heard that one before. No, Very nice, really Gary. Um, he, rips, he rips the contract. He, he rips the, the contract. He signed, of, yeah. the contract to sign the, to say you can have the factory or something, yes, isn't it? Yes, he sold the factory yeah. and now he's ripped it up. Don't think that's how it works. No. Well, Ray, Ray was talking to Debbie later Ray in the episode. Ray was like, oh, was, like, oh we yeah, can't just tape it together. And yes, like, you can. You? Well, does that mean I can just go to like my mobile phone per- person and go, I don't want this anymore. Rip, rip, rip. He can have this back. Yeah. Hey, mortgage people, look at this. I'm posting you back the contract. <laughs> what are you going to do about it? We're like, we'll take your house back. Um, yeah, you could do that. Debbie goes back home to 13 to find Abby and Kevin still taking everything in, basically, about her being a nice piece of work. She says, I heard about the development back, you know, earlier on this year, and I had to get involved when I found out where it was so that I could protect people's interests. And you've done a snuck-up job of that so far, haven't she's you? She also says that she's got nothing to do with Ray taking the garage, which I do believe, um, yeah. But Kev's not having any of it. He tells her to sling her up. Well, she has to go and pack her stuff up first, doesn't she? Yeah. Repay, meanwhile, is in Gary's flat. And I think this was a photo that I'd seen before this week. Um, Faye looking oh, a bit guilty sad. or sad on the sofa and Gary behind. But I didn't know what it was. I didn't I didn't realise that Ray was going to ha- try and have another pop this week. Um, so Maria comes in. She's, she's like, can I be in the 60th episode week too, please? It was oh, funny because I was, I, last night I had a dream that I said to you, do you remember there was a character in Coronation Street called Maria once? <laughs> and she popped up today. She did. Um, Faye's determined that Gary doesn't phone the police. I guess it's one of these, I just want to forget about it sort of things. Yeah. Um, which is, you know, a, a common reaction that some people have in this sort of situation. Well, you totally Maria, understand why they want to... Yeah just wants it over and done with mm. maria tries to get her to open up a bit but but she doesn't really want yeah. to gary meanwhile is looking I'm a little bit murdery when he mentions ray um the protesters are dancing away outside the brewery for they're a bit all listening. Just, we're still here everybody Whoa, they're cool. all listening to random music because the the power's out so they have to rely on the old school ways 
you know. I thought the old school ways was getting Rita to sing. I can't believe we didn't get Rita singing around the fire pit. I mean, we That's probably why they stole the fire pit, so that she didn't start going, just not rusting (laughs) on an open fire. Get that fire out of there immediately. (laughs) Well, we know that they've they've rolled the piano out of that Rovers a few times. They have, haven't they? Yeah. You're right. They really could have had a good old sing song with with, uh, Tinkling on the Ivories. Yeah, yeah. Ina would have done it. Well, the back in the day, they were because they were all like um, musical. All the actors were, yeah. They could all so crack out yeah, a tune if they, they were wanted to. They were all very, to. very talented. Um, Ray, Not like these days. Ray's trying to phone <laughs> Debbie on the phone, um, and and is trying to get. Oh yeah, he's in the he's in the bistro late with Adam because he's been getting up to all sorts this week. More on that later, um, and he, he says to Adam, "Look, you can have the keys." You can lock up yourself. I probably should have put this note in the other story, but never mind. Keep this in your head, listeners, when we get to Remember. it in about an hour and a half's time. Debbie, meanwhile, has packed her bag. She's still trying to defend what she did to Kevin and says, look, I'm going to try to get you out of this mess. And Kevin's like, not under my roof, you're not. not Sling your own, madam. Go back to Ray in his penthouse suite. Debbie and Ray end the episode at the hotel. He's telling her he may have lost the factory and she's like, no, you haven't, sunshine. You better find a way to put this thing through. I've invested too much money, too much time in this. Do whatever it takes to get this development sorted. We've already heard from Debbie before that she has basically, this is all in for her. There's Mm. no, she's got no choice now but to push ahead with this. Yeah, she's got nothing to fall back on, whereas Ray has just got his... You know, his money pit, hasn't it? His money sinkhole. So it's probably not quite so urgent for him. He doesn't want to lose face, obviously, but it is... It's starting to become more and more personal for him, for sure, Mm. but she's desperate, isn't she? Yeah, yeah. So um, we we started off with this one because it literally was the, the poster boy of the week. Do you think that was the right decision? I think this is still an ongoing story. I think this is a strange thing because... It felt like it was just getting started and it didn't rev up very much. No, no. This felt like three big stories happened this week and one of them just just like chugged along, which is this story. One of them came to a very fi- final conclusion, which was the Jeff and Yasmin story. And one of them like took a, a absolute 180 from what it was and started a Boring. whole new story. Exciting. Which was the um, the love triangle uh, slash murder. Murder. Yeah, we yeah we don't know from watching the show yet whether Adam is dead, but if he is, I'm then we're totally that... calling this that's by murder. <laughs> we're, we'll we are assuming that, that this is another who pushed Ken, where the person who is the victim is still alive but doesn't remember anything. That they do like that, don't they? Yeah. Anyway, we like, that's what it, they like to do with more Barlow's. on that later. More on that later. Um, yeah, I, I guess that the, the spectacle of the digger and the, the community spirit of the protesters and, and all of that make this, I guess, the natural fit for what you'd want to have as the selling point for the anniversary week. It just felt it was just, flat. It, it, that, it, it did, it felt flatter than a bulldozed brewery. <laughs> Not that I know what that looks like because we didn't get to see any of it this week. I was expecting a lot, lot, lot more from this story. It's a tell you another thing, right? Remember when Nina, Evelyn and Toya were going off protesting and yeah. we were saying, how much fun would that be to watch them? How much fun would they be together? Toya wasn't even there. Toya wasn't there this week. She had one scene this week, didn't she, with Leanne trying to persuade her not to go to France. And... and- and it, the, it wasn't, it was kind of fun, 
but it also felt a bit forced and mm. there were some funny bits but they also felt a bit like everyone i know it's it's the social distancing thing they all just looked like um i mean it got it looked kind of natural but it also still looked weird well if you only got eight nine ten people on your protest you kind of got to space out a little bit otherwise the diggers will just go around you yeah exactly um <laughs> but yeah um Evelyn, Dev, yeah, they all had like one little thing to do, didn't they? Dev yeah. had his drum for a bit, which is kind of fun because I, I will forgive anything that Dev does because I think he's amazing. Evelyn was there; she had a little megaphone speech. Nina, what, what she did? She kind she of just sat, sat, on sat, sat on a chair and, and kind of smiled at people. She didn't. She she didn't need to be there apart from to make up the numbers. Yeah, um, but I mean, even she, Evelyn, she, Evelyn she was one of the in. people on the poster. Wasn't she doesn't she? even live there. She lives around the corner. What does she care for? Mm. Yeah, Evelyn was one of the people on the poster on the big uh, big picture for this week's episode, and it's like she didn't, she like, she she didn't, didn't do, do anything. anything. She didn't just, use her wit. It seemed to be a bit like, look, everybody, we got Maureen Lippman on our sixtieth anniversary was, weeks. What you got, Eastenders? The problem was that it wasn't Ray driving a digger. No, and we didn't know who these people were who were driving the the trucks, and so really they would be like, okay, I don't care, you know, um, whatever. You could you jump up and down. I'll just go home and come back tomorrow. Like they, there was nobody to shout at. If Evelyn could shout at somebody and go, "You bunch of stupid," you know what I mean? Mm. Some some kind of funny, cool insult or something Can to I? somebody that we knew who they actually were. Instead, we had these faceless people who didn't care. Driving their dinky diggers, which I don't know whether they could I, have actually taken down the brewery anyway. Yeah, I would. I think if I was a protester, I'd say, go on then. I would literally like to see you pull down a brewery with the world's smallest digger and another little machine which seems to just have an arm that picks up fire pits. <laughs> I mean, we saw, we just saw it on the DVDs when they knocked down the community centre or whatever, or the Baldwin's Casuals, didn't we? And they had a proper wrecking ball. They literally demolished the part of the set, didn't they? Yeah, and it just was just... Uh, it just sadly felt a little bit pathetic. Abby was fun. The The lights out affected the rest of the story. I enjoyed we, that. I don't know what a lot of the people were there for. Um, no, Brian, Brian and Kathy were other ones that... But I don't think that, this is over by a long shot. And I also think that um, everybody is a bit more invested in this now. Now they know that something's going on, which they didn't know previously to this. So everybody's now united against Ray. Ray is growing even ever more bitter against the people and a bit more desperate and Debbie's there egging him on so we did have a bit of a uh what's the word development (laughs) for this story but um it didn't blow me away and it wasn't no for for something that was supposed to be the main story of the week it didn't feel like a a sort of a showcase of anything in particular no the fact that we're kind of running out of stuff to say about it already just goes to show that i think something's gone a bit wrong here i don't know what the point of billing this as your as your big story of the 60th was when everybody was way more interested and excited about jeff and yasmin jeff and yasmin was the a story of the week it, and, it was, but I suppose there's only you know there's only a handful of characters on this, and at least in the in the you race still story, made a you good can poster get a, out of it. More of an ensemble out of it. The, this story also had the face stuff, which I which I quite liked. Yeah, um, I, I wasn't expecting anything more to happen. And if anybody with that. was in doubt about whether or not um, she wanted to sleep with Ray in the first place, hopefully I think they made now it quite her running around shouting episode. "No Ray, no please, no Ray." might help people to get what is going on here, which is rape. 
Yeah. Uh, what, uh, any any ideas about where it's going to go? Are, are we I gonna think get, this just literally gonna, gave... Is she going to go to the police? No. This, this was basically just gave Gary motivation to stand up against Ray. This is all that was, unfortunately. Because, you know, it's an important... Feels like too much of an important thing to happen to a, a character for it to just be a little plot point in someone else's story. Yeah. You know, rape, rape as a, um, a character development plot and also you know not not a, a sort of side piece in someone else's story not really great mm. makes but, you like, makes you think as well that in normal circumstances this might be you know an opportunity for anna to come down and look after her daughter been yeah. through something similar yeah, herself yeah. i mean the thing is or people, are we just gonna ship ray off to wherever anna is now and then that's the last we see of her i know people criticize coronation street for some some of the choices that they make about sexual assault or rape stories like this I tell you one thing it does is that it does open up conversations and perhaps changes some people's minds about what is the meaning of the word rape when do we apply it and is it useful to use it in this situation or that situation mm. to describe what happened I think a lot of people still aren't on the same page about what what ha- you know what happened to to Faye and hopefully I mean Coronation Street could pretend this kind of stuff doesn't happen because people don't get it or they could confront people's prejudices by doing a story like this and they that's what they've done and yeah we're gonna still end up with people not getting what happened and still there's gonna be ignorant people saying oh i don't think it was that bad he didn't you know he didn't even touch her anyway you know she was up for it the first time oh she got something out of it etc etc there will still be people that say that but one by one they get defeated or they come to a realization that how about how ignorant they were being and if you know if it has to happen one by one then it mm. you know yeah then i guess it will yeah as you said more to come yeah i'm kind of looking forward to it but i don't know if if they're not going to go out with a big bang with this story if they we weren't going to do it this week it feels like they're not going to do it at all no but i think there's still more to come from ray for sure well there is yeah. and we've still got i don't think anything dramatic and horrific is going to happen at christmas but we've still got New Year's. Yeah, we'll we'll see. We'll see. And it's right. not like the the show's going to stop stop next year, is it? We've got you know, Ray could still be around for a long time. Mm. Which is what, which is a lot more than we were saying this time last year. When I we really he's like taken him over the as a villain. I think he's a great villain. I th- I think he's good. He's, he's not. He's a not of, a great villain. Oh, yet. I like him. He's still got a lot of charisma to him as well, which is very unfortunate. Mm. It, yeah, we, we, well, especially <laughs> not unfortunate when, for watching him, but you know when you're when you're watching him molesting an innocent girl, and you're like, he's still quite, a, he's quite charismatic. <laughs> it makes you sound like a monster, but he is. And that you know, lots of lots of people who are evil are charismatic, aren't they? Mm, yes, we are. Right, on to the <laughs> Jeff Free storyline, Joe and Jeff Free Metcalf. Right, the so, end. So this Monday blew me out of the water, to be honest, because I wasn't, I was, ex- wasn't expecting. No. Uh, a lot out of it but probably I'm my think- favourite I-, I don't know I- I'm thinking Mondays was still the best episode of the week which it shouldn't be it- really because, because the all right- the action was Wednesday and Friday yeah. but maybe the fact that we are erring towards Monday being the best just goes to show that sometimes the the dialogue and the character driven stuff yes can do a better job at you know yeah. getting you hooked than the big the, set pieces. The performances, the performances, the actors, the store, the storyliners, and the writers worked really well together on Monday to make something that didn't have to rely on stunts and gimmicks and green screens and. It did have some fading. It was great. 
it was good, good old fashioned, good writing and good acting. Oh, it's so good. I loved Imran. Let's, Imran was, where was absolutely he for the, rest of the, week? the best. Imran was so good. And, and having watched the episode and looking on social media and saying all the praise for Imran, yeah, literally so glad. all so over happy. the place, on the forums, on the Twitter, on the Facebook, everyone was going, go Imran, go Imran. Yeah, I, brilliant. It made me so, so happy I'm considering so happy. we had him as our character of the week last week. We, we have been chatting to Charlie quite a lot this week. and um, So proud. Yeah, we are. Oh, and so Chufty finally got awesome. to show his chops. I mean, he's the Im- Imran's had some great stories before and some really emotive scenes. This but is this really best. felt like this was like, yeah. This is the best Chuck that Imran on the show has ever been. <laughs> yeah. And I wonder whether it's going to be a turning point for him. Well, I hope have that... The, have the Corrie bosses seen this this week yeah. and go, okay, let's do yeah. more with him. I hope right that now, they see the, like the reaction um, online that was massively positive for this. Mm. Anyway. And it didn't have to be as well. Sometimes you, you can really love something and you go online and people are like, meh, about like it. it. Yeah. But it was just universal, pretty much, but acclaim. But this makes me think, this is why I suspect Imran for what happens to Adam. <laughs> why? Because Paula's mysteriously disappeared. And, oh, now, yes. and now Adam's out of action. <gasps> yes, Imran he's taken is down so, all the other solicitors. He is so in love with doing the big speeches at the end of the court case. He just has to get rid of all of the other solicitors so he can be the only one that gets called for the cases but you know what i think we would have recognized it if imran's checkered jacket was the <laughs> one that we saw going into the beast joe and then this was looking pretty I just, black i just want to point out yes everybody on friday was wearing black but don't forget that you can change your outfit it could have been anyone could have been anyone i don't think it was imran although we don't know where he was on monday or wednesday and friday because he he and toya certainly didn't appear to be at home when yasmin and alia were uh, ended up going back to the flat on friday night did they odd maybe they were busy in the office maybe <laughs> maybe and you don't need lights for what they were doing <laughs> on monday Imran's doing his um, notes to uh, stop the cavalry. Yes. Not stop the cavalry, which is what I put on Twitter because I spelled it wrong. And um, do, he's doing his big speech about why Never Yasmin... Never to Calvary. <laughs> it wasn't one day more. Um, everyone else is getting ready for the court case while he does his speech. Um, Yasmin is looking terrified in her cell. And Tim is trying to get in the car. There's a late start because the CCTV footage has been retrieved. Yeah, the judge is like, oh, go on then. He's like, you know what? I've got so much crap on Twitter for saying you couldn't get the bloody fine then, have it? <laughs> only, it actually didn't take as it's long as I thought. It's a new week now. <laughs> they got it got on f- Saturday. Lucky, because I've got stuff to do this week. <laughs> so Imran is like, ha ha, and just like, oh no. Because he's been recalled. And then Imran does this wink, like, don't worry, I've got this. I'm a hotshot lawyer. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff uh, denies seeing Elaine since July. And not only is Imran a, an amazing um, lawyer, but he's also a detective as well. Because he's, like, worked all this out from from the video and he talks them through it. So he plays this... I love this. He plays this CCTV thing. And it's a baseball and cap... And a mask, a guy wearing this, st- sort of stalking around. In the hospital. In the hospital. And Jeff's like, it's not me, you can't prove it's me. And Imran's like, isn't it suspicious how obviously this person is is hiding his identity? It's almost like he knows that the cameras are there and he might appear on them. And he knows he knows the place really well and he would avoid them. Um, 
And then he shows the picture of the car registration, doesn't he? From He's this like, car is this your park, car, Mr. Metcalf? And yeah, so he... He's like, yes, I went shopping in town. So basically, what he's done it, what's he, what he has done is parked his car in a place where there's CCTV camera, where they can see him putting on his disguise that he then is seen wearing on the camera in the hospital. So all of his, all of his lying in his hiding comes to nothing in the end because of his mistake that he's made mm. by parking there um yeah jeff has to kind of like, admit eventually oh, oh yes that well, was me well maybe uh, maybe i did go uh, but i can't remember because i'm old and i got hit in the face by my son and um i don't remember what i was doing but i was probably talking to people because I'm a really nice guy and I'm a hospital DJ. Yeah, because Imran's trying to find out at this point, did you go and speak to Elaine. menace Elaine last he's week? Like, well, I go to the hospital all the time because I work there. Mm. And he's like, no, they probably won't remember, but I did speak to some other other patients, not Elaine though. And he's getting really wound up because Imran's badgering him. And Imran's like, you enjoy, you enjoy seeing Yasmin suffer, just like Elaine before her and just like... No! Yasmin's useless and she's stupid. She's useless in the kitchen and in the bedroom and no wonder Sharif was knocking off her best mate. <laughs> and then Imran's like, no further questions, Your Honour. <laughs> um, so he's made himself look like a right dick. Yeah. Then there's something up time. and That Jeff's, was so good. Jeff's that, no like, further questions. Yeah, Jeff, <laughs> Jeff's looking really worried. We never see the jury again. I presume that they were there, but... Um, they find Yasmin not guilty. And Jeff's like, Jeff literally stands up in the middle of this going, this is a load of old rubbish. This whole thing's a farce. And he walks out, which Mm. I don't think you're supposed to be able to do. Um, But Yasmin is free to go and she still doesn't really get that she's free. The whole week, she's really takes her a long time Mm. to change her mentality from I am the one that's in trouble and has done something wrong to I was the victim all along and now I'm free. So she's, she's not like the, not like her chickens. They just had to have the little the cage door open for half a second before they're waltzing like, right, right out right, there. Bye then. Freedom. <laughs> um, she leaves the court and Jeff comes over and he he like every time he sees her from now on, he's like, "Come on, Yasmin, let's go, let's go." Uh, what do you want for your tea? Yeah, what you know? Now this is over with. Let's just move on with our lives. Um, I'm giving you, I'm offering you a lift home, and Yasmin's like recoiling in in fear, and Imran's like, do one, <laughs> doesn't he? He tells him to do one. It's great, and Jeff's like, she's still my wife, and um, Yasmin's really upset, and she says he's never going to let me go, is he? So Imran takes Yasmin to the police station to make a formal complaint about Jeff harassing her. Meanwhile, Jeff is planning his escape which is to go to Cyprus with Christine. And he phones her up and says, get your, t- get your suitcase ready, we're going one-way ticket. Yeah, I think he says, I've, I've just got a few things that I need to... Push off a roof. I've just got a few things I need to sort out here first. Yeah. But yeah, Monday's episode, absolutely top-notch. Now, Wednesday's episode, there were a lot more critics of this episode. I, I liked this episode, but you didn't as much. I didn't as much. Okay, so on Wednesday, Yasmin's still a nervous wreck at Alia's flat. She can see Jeff outside watching her, and yeah, she's down freaking on the street, out. Down in Victoria Street, Alia has to leave Yasmin alone, and there's a parcel delivery for her. And I was watching this, going, "Yasmin, don't answer the door! Don't open the door! What are you doing?" She she gets it. She, 
it's in the hallway and then she closes the door and then the door knocks again and she thinks it's the person who's just dropped the parcel oh, off. Oh, it's the classic bluff, isn't it? She lifts the blinds and it's Jeff and he's there and he, like, pulls some flowers out, like some magician's flowers, like, ta-da! And he starts talking to her through the glass and he says, um, I'm going li- to I'm gonna escape, I'm going to make a fresh start, but you just need to sign over your share of the house to me and I've already got a buyer for it and then I'll disappear forever and you'll never see me again. And she's she's like, no, no, I, I, what should I give it to you? It's my, I worked my whole life for that place, blah, blah, blah. But then he kind of doesn't really give her a choice and makes out that she had, he gives her like an hour. He says, get over there, get your stuff and get out um, quick. Otherwise, I'm going to chuck it in the skip or I'm going to set it on fire, <laughs> basically. <laughs> it's funny, quite ironic, really. Um, she panics. She tries to phone Alia um, but she can't get through to her. So Yasmin gets very brave and she goes there herself. And um, Looks like somebody's projecting Jeff's greatest hits on the wall. Yeah, there's a weird psychedelic effect where literally somebody just projects imagery of Jeff being Most, Mostly from her. that May episode where he, he in, gets it in the neck. In red and black over, over this, the set. And because everything is now plunged into darkness because of Abby at this point... Um, it's quite dramatic. It was Ooh, a bit cheesy. I didn't. I'm not sure about this. But I, whole, I wasn't sure about that. The whole episode was just a love letter to horror movies, which is what I liked about this. I really liked how they approached this in a in a different way. Like quite often they'll try and do like an action kind of flavour, but this was like proper horror. Well, it had all the creepy dolls, didn't it? Yes. Yeah, so, um, she. Oh, I just want to say another thing. A lot of people are criticising this and saying, oh, why would Yasmin open the blinds? Why would Yasmin go to the house by herself? Why would she do this? Why would she do that? That's a massive plot hole. Plot holes aren't when characters act in a, in a way contrary to the way you think they should. And if characters always did the most logical, sensible thing in any story, <laughs> stories would be really boring. Yeah. She she panicked and she didn't... And, she, and let's... I want to point this out too. At this point... Yasmin was not in danger from Jeff. Jeff well, Jeff's plan was not to lure her there and do something to her. Yeah, but, I mean, she doesn't know that for sure. She doesn't know that, but that's the fact. Mm. He was abusive to her, but he never physically harmed her. I think he pushed stuff around. He maybe shoved her once. But mm. it's not like he's threatened her life. You know well, what I mean? he came at her with a knife, governor. Okay, all right. I'm not trying to make excuses for Jeff. That's not <laughs> what I'm trying to do. I'm just trying to say, Yasmin she was actually right to do this because she wasn't in danger from Jeff at this point. I, I didn't have a problem watching this. I know, with, some people do. I think that Yasmin she was really brave to do this and it was probably part of her trying to overcome the hold that he had over her, to go even go there, to contemplate going there to get her stuff. I thought it was really sweet when she went out the back to see the chickens. I thought that was a really nice, tender moment of going, oh, Emily, my, my babies, and uh, I haven't seen you for so long. Demeter was one. Oh yeah, of them. yeah, that's right, wasn't it? I thought that was a really nice reunion. I like. I really thought that was sweet. Characters and yeah. their pets. Yes. They, they, they kind of didn't need to do that, but it. And then they did uh, need to do that because she left the door open so that the chickens could escape for plot purposes. Oh, when I watched that, I thought, would she really? I know that she hasn't had to feed the chickens for six months or so, but would she really just leave the coop open like that? She thought she closed it. She's got other things on her mind. Look, mm. this is another thing I'm saying. It's not a plot hole when people do stupid things. It's just people are stupid. If nobody had any accidents, like, but no, that's real like, life would be completely different. She chose to go around to, 
to Jess, but yeah. she didn't choose to leave that open. She she just made I a know. mistake that I don't think that she would actually make. Uh, the lo- but it was it was it was for, so that Jeff could go up could get some kind of the poetic of justice times at the end of the episode. You've left the basically. fridge and the freezer door open this week. You're this not week? one. Yes. You're not one to talk about leaving doors open by accident. Oh, there's no way she'd left the door open. Wouldn't you double check? Yeah, you think that you would, wouldn't you? But some people don't double check doors when they close them. If I'd just come out of prison and then raided the fridge for some ice cream. I would excuse you for leaving the door open is what I'm trying to say, but you haven't, so you can bloody shut it. All right, all right. So The, the chucks are out. The chucks are loose. She goes upstairs to the magic room, and this is the room that we said, you said. I said. We haven't built that just for that one scene the other week. No. So, oh, I'm sorry, the power was not out at this point. Then the power goes out, and she gets left in this room with creepy dolls, all kind of leering and looking scary and weird. Very atmospheric, I thought. Lots of this was very atmospheric. I thought it was all right. They had one of those horrible ventriloquist dubbies, didn't they? And I'm so, I swear to God, they only make those things for horror movies. Nobody buys them <laughs> for the purposes of having We've a ventriloquist doll. We've not seen Jeff do doll. any tris- tricks with them, have we? No. It was, it was new to me. Alia goes into Speed Doll and he finds Jeff ra- she finds Jeff raiding the tills because he's getting ready to leave. And she's like, oh, how dare you? What are you doing? And he's like, oh, I don't care. I've already stolen everything. What, what's a few hundred quid more? It doesn't make any difference. Alia confronts him and says, oh, the police are after you now because we went to go and report you for being horrible to Yasmin. And Jeff, like, stares at her and she looks a bit scared. And she says, well... I've shown Christine the reports about you and the press about what you got up to and how you how you lost your case and now she's going to dump you and she goes to phone the police and this is another thing people were saying oh why would you why would Alia confront him blah 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 like because she, because she because she didn't think he would hit around the face with a cash box Alia can't resist the Alia's opportunity like to this. smug it up in front of Jeff. Alia's like that, that led, to, led to her downfall this week. Alia's like a chihuahua on the other side of a chain link fence, like giving it all mouth like that, and forget. And because there's a chain link fence, the chain link fence between her and Jeff was her assumption that he would not get physically violent with her yeah. because he'd not really done that in the past. Yeah. Little did she know that now he's got nothing left to lose. This was the point that he snapped mm. because he has got no escape mechanism anymore. He thought he had it made. He had another little wifey lined up to do his cooking and his cleaning in Cyprus. Now that's been taken away from him and also it's possible that he might end up getting arrested for what he'd done to Yasmin, which is actually a crime. So um, he hits her in the face... <laughs> 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 I must admit, everybody, I did shout "Go Jeff" when he did that. Sorry, Alia, you are still very annoying to me. She gets the phone, but yeah. when he kicked her on the floor, that was oh, that too was far. horrible! So she, she she goes to phone the police on him, and he whacks her with a cash box. She goes down instantly like a sack of spuds, and then he kicks her. I couldn't believe it. I, <laughs> I, I have to say, when he hit her, I was like, "Ha ha ha!" It's really bad, isn't it? But yeah. then he kicked her. I was like, "Oh, that's just wrong." Oh, how could you, <laughs> Jeff? You're mean. I, I, I don't want to say I, I'm wondering <laughs> was there some cynic on the set going can I just say I think he should beat her in the ribs because everyone's going to laugh when he hits her <laughs> with the cash box we need to make sure that people aren't cheering <laughs> we want them we want everyone to hate Jeff don't we yeah, yeah he, give her he a kick yeah 
<laughs> he hasn't done anything wrong yet. <laughs> Get him to kick her when she's down. <laughs> he leaves her on the floor and runs away. She's unconscious and she stays there for God knows how long. We know this doesn't happen in but real life. But just the right amount of time so that, she, <laughs> so that she can get to the roof later. And of course, her phone now doesn't work because it was dropped from, you know, shoulder height. <laughs> so don't. that's why she didn't phone the police, obviously, in case you... Yeah, that bit doesn't make sense. He, he phones Christine and says, you might have seen horrible things about me, but you just know that that's not true. And I, if it was true, I'll change... Um, and she says, yeah. I did like that don't. scene of him walking towards the camera down Victoria Street and you could see the, the desperation in his eyes. And, and yeah, she's, he's trying to persuade Christine that he's, he's not so bad, really, and then just getting more and more maniacal, which yeah. is what the side of him that Yasmin's eventually confronted yeah. with. When, when Didn't take Christine long house. to get to that stage, did it, from Mr Nice Guy to raving lunatic? Yeah. She, I'm sorry, do we see Christine at all no, this week? Christine was useless in the end, wasn't she? And um, this Philippa? No, Philippa's Elaine. Fi- Pauline no. was the person Pauline, that he borrowed yeah. the, the car Pauline should be week. in a disciplinary hearing right now, if there's any justice in the world. Yeah. So she, yeah, so she's like, no, Jeff, you, you dumped. Um, and he's like, yeah, stupid cow, I don't even like you anyway. You're cooking is rubbish or whatever. Puts the phone down and he's absolutely furious at this point. Meanwhile, um, Yasmin has come back downstairs and it's really creepy and like spooky because everything's dark. And she's got her little torch. You can hear the protesters outside, can't you? Making but you can also hear noises. from the kitchen, like... Like, we're like really freaky noises. Like, what the hell is that? I thought that there was a, a, like a lunatic on the loose, not a ghost in the kitchen. <laughs> Turns out it's Emily Bronte, not the author. Not the, the ghost chicken. of Emily Bronte. Um, she's in the kitchen and she's like, oh, Emily. And then out comes Jeff like, rawr, I'm evil. He's there. She's there in the dark lounge together. He's already, bo- he's already booted um, Ollie in the ribs. Who knows what he's going to do next? I do because I saw it. He starts squirting <laughs> loads of fluid everywhere while she's watching him. Yasmin tries to bluff. And he's and she's like, "Oh, Alia's coming! You won't get away with this, Jeff!" And just like, ha 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 ha! He goes proper full on, absolutely loved this. He was absolutely amazing in Bartholomew this week, on especially on Wednesday. That just that specific bit where he's like, I think it's because he knew that you know his time was. He didn't ham it up too too much either. I thought he was pretty restrained with it, but he was terrifying. He's like Alia Sparko or dead and then Yasmin tries to trick him she's like oh you know you always were very passionate a very passionate man he's there just 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 trying to uh, like commit arson in her house she's like I know I know you're quite emotional at the moment um I was at the point at the time I was more upset for the potential um, ruination of one of my favourite decorated houses on the street rather than Yasmin's safety I have to say I was thinking that's the Do nicest like set number six. I wasn't worried about Yasmin dying because I was convinced that that would not happen Yeah. so I was like are they going to have to redecorate in that house? yeah that's what I was thinking I was like look at those lovely stairs there they look like hardwood and they've got nice <laughs> iron railings nobody else has got that I mean Sally's house don't want, is pretty nice don't but um, Ed round because he only does our fast job on stairs as we know from his own house Ed's like oh that'll do <laughs> put up some plywood <laughs> I want to also say if, I don't know if, I don't think that the set designers are listening but in case they are sort out Nick's picture in 
and oh, Nick's yeah. flat. It's gone a bit funny. Yeah, did anybody else spot that? I, I pointed it out to you, didn't it's I? It's fallen out Nick's, of the frame. Um, it's Nick's 10k picture, isn't it? Yeah, it's, yeah it has fallen out of the it's frame. Really nice, it's a really nice touch. I don't think it's very obvious when you're watching it, but that picture of somebody running that's on the wall along the, the kitchen wall in Nick and Leanne's flat is actually a silhouette of Nick with like lots of words in inside the picture about him running and like 10k nick and all this kind of stuff it's mm. quite a nice touch but you never you never see it close up um meanwhile jeff meanwhile we're talking about there's nick fire going on Gemma. yeah sorry people who haven't watched this yet and are relying on yeah, us what, for our, just bloody get to what's going our commentary on. and description are on the edge of their seats here so Yasmin is trying to placate him and she's trying to trick him into thinking that she thinks he's being reasonable and this is all, you know, a totally normal thing to do, but perhaps they can chat about how to ne- negotiate his emotions and give him what he wants. And um, she's like, oh, well, I'll tell you what, I'll go back to the police and tell him that you're not actually that bad because, you know, I know you're squirting lighter fluid everywhere, but you're just really upset. <laughs> so he's like, drop the phone. And carries on squirting everywhere, and then he gets the lighter and sets fire to the place. Fire everywhere instantly. Yasmin runs upstairs, which is like the classic horror movie thing to do. Yeah, because when you're being chased by a monster, from running out the front, hasn't he? Because she tries to go to the front door. Yeah, it's locked. Yeah, the classic horror movie thing to do is to run upstairs because there's nowhere else to go and everyone blames you for it. Typical victim blaming. She didn't She didn't really have much of a choice in this she instance because if she'd have tried to run out the back door, he'd have, he'd well, have he stopped there. her. Yeah. She runs up to the magic room in the attic and she locks herself in there. He's banging on the door. She starts calling out of the window for help, but all these bloody stupid protesters are having a little dance and a sing. I love that scene. That was really nice camera panning from that one. like From, from Yasmin then panning panning outwards and seeing her just desperately trying to waving but yeah that's the kind of thing that you can it couldn't be heard over the noise that was I lovely i thought we needed a bit more of to be honest because the, the the bulk of the action then was yasmin climbing on the roof jeff hammering on the door smoke everywhere jeff comes out and starts climbing after her then alia appears as if from nowhere and starts climbing as well so You've got the roof, a roof set up with Yasmin, Jeff and Alia all there, clinging on for dear life. I think this sounded good, good in someone's head, but it looked a bit weird, to be honest. I thought it looked absolutely fine. I didn't have... I think we had problems with different things, didn't yeah. we? Because I had no problem whatsoever it's with because the there believability of the setup there. Establishing shots of, what, of where they were. It was clearly a set that was built of a roof. And they're all on the roof set. But we saw the making of afterwards, didn't we? And there were certainly some shots which were actually filmed on the roof and they had stunt yaz. I know, but I really wish there were more long shots like that because it really didn't... I didn't really ever think, oh, they're high up. Did you? Yeah, I would say I, I did. Okay, I, right. I, 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 I believe <laughs> that. I different bought that. things, different people. Um, <laughs> That's how the phrase goes, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> different things, different people. <laughs> I liked the way that they were naturally um, socially distanced because they were chasing one another very slowly. <laughs> but they didn't need to be there, did they? Because those three That's were true. put in a bubble. Well, what was the point of it then? <laughs> I, don't know why. I don't know why they were put in a bubble together because they could have done this without well, when that. um When uh, Alia turns up, she kind of whacks Jeff a little bit. They, they seemed... I, I think that there were times when they were closer than two Oh, you're going to argue with me about everything. 
Yeah, we yeah. <laughs> oh, when you're wrong, you're wrong. I thought it was quite nice to have characters close-ish up to each other after six months worth of everybody spaced out. What does it say about us as a society, Michael, that the producers of this show would ask actors to go into bubbles with one another for the purposes of showing violence on the screen mm. and never for emotional purposes and for for like comforting Leanne after grieving they, for they the could child. have they could have what made more of wrong it with that? <laughs> they could have had like i don't know jeff grabbing alia and taking her hostage with a you know, knife to her that's throat what i was or... expecting a bit more Yas- of. did we see yasmin hugging alia in the end i'm not I sure if we know. did i don't know but maybe this bubble that they went into didn't let them do i don't understand what this bubble was to be frank but i can't we can't get into it because we weren't involved um so they're all along on the roof and yasmin finally stands up to jeff and she says your pathetic excuse for a man i'm not scared of you anymore she, she has a great final speech doesn't she before he lunges at her and yeah he tries to, to he tries to grab her he slips and he starts falling down and he's like halfway down the roof and Alia and Yasmin are both staring at him. And then Yasmin starts to take her scarf off to help Alia's him. Alia's like, let him die. What the hell are you doing, Gran? Let him die. And she's like... I'm surprised she's she not says there something... eye-leaning him and stamping on his fingers That's to try and get him off the done. edge. Um, she says something like... I can't remember what she says. Something like, I'm not doing it for him, I'm doing it for me. Or he, I'm not that kind of person he is. Or something to do with, you know, she is she's like a noble person and he's a scumbag so she's gonna have to try and save him yeah it's one of those things that they kind of had to show a bit like when they showed the tram driver putting on the brakes in the 50th anniversary episode to show i tried my best well it was more for her own conscience wasn't it because if she had not tried to save him she would never forgiven herself probably yeah and and a lot of friday's action with yasmin was her wrestling with her guilt over not being able to to save him but I think once she reflects on it, she'll realise that she did do the best that she could have done. Yeah. And yes, if she hadn't crawled up there, then he wouldn't have crawled off after her and he wouldn't have died. But end of the day, he's dead he, now. He had it coming. So he tries, she tries to help him he with a scarf, but it. he slips and he falls and he ends up on the patio where he dies instantly. Weakest Corrie villain ever. The chickens... <laughs> John State fell off a hospital and he just picked himself up, brushed himself down and went on to menace another day. I know, I don't know why he died so... He was so... a good 30 years younger at least. But... So comprehensively there. I don't think that's... You'd have to really fall completely wrong to... <laughs> I mean, it's a two-storey house. It's not like you fell off a bungalow or anything <laughs> like that, is it? You, you might have had a better no, chance. No, I know, but I, I just don't think that... And he was old. I think you've got to be really unlucky. How old is he? Like, 72? <laughs> you've got to be unlucky to die from falling off a roof. He did. Maybe, maybe he landed funny, like you said. Because my, my friend's boss fell off a ladder on, doing his gutters and he, he just lied there for a while. You, he was a bit younger than Jeff. He wasn't that much younger, <laughs> to be honest. Um, chickens peck around him. And they he's, should he's have dead. pecked him. They, they should, should have. have oh, can I just whatever say? Whatever it took, they, they should, should have, have put the chickens pecking Jeff. Mealworms in his eyeballs so the chickens could peck his eyes out. If it had been Game of Thrones, I would have had it. Definitely. Coronation but, Street should have been it. It doesn't matter. You don't have to stay socially distanced from a chicken. Yeah. I. I am adamant that they could have tried harder, and I don't know anything they about how they put, did. They, they should have, have had the chicken feed on his coat. Jeff. 
Would it maybe would it look too obvious? I don't know. I thought it was great. I thought that would be great. I'm just going to imagine that's what happened. I, I liked the poetic justice of you know the, and, and the camera panning up of him with the chickens after he was the one that slaughtered their sister. sister yeah, you know um, they they were the ones that had the last cluck. But um, <laughs> no, it they should have gone the whole hog. If it was game, impact. If it was Game of Thrones, he would have landed on the uh, the fence with the. Is it Sally's? Who's who's got the pointy fence? Oh, I don't know. Would have impaled on that and died. Yeah, or even just in the coop or something. If he'd have fallen down and landed inside oh, the chicken coop hell. and then the lid had trapped on clothes on him or something, not, that would have been not great. Home alone. I was also, <laughs> I was also thinking. I think I probably said earlier. He is he going to fall down the sinkhole because they were going along the roof. They could I have know. ended up going should have fallen down the sinkhole. But you that would have been a bit silly. They could, but, he, he would how could they have done it as well? Because the sinkhole doesn't exist in reality. It's literally just a piece of green cloth on the floor. So they would have to CG'd his body falling into a hole that didn't exist. And then what would you do with the chickens? It doesn't matter. That, that would have been good because then they might not have been able to recover him and we'd have been wondering for a bit longer, oh, is he alive down the bottom of the sinkhole? Because even at is the beginning of Friday's episode, there was a question about was he alive or not. Is he dead or has he joined the Ninja Turtles <laughs> in the sewers? He's become Shredder. Is he going to come out with like a not gang Shredder. of... Shredder. Shredder's the oh, baddie. Yeah. Splinter. Splinter. Is he, gonna, is he going to recruit a gang of... Uh, genetically mutated turtles to fight the residents of Coronation That sounds like the sort of thing he would do. I know, doesn't it? (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, we uh, we were wondering between Wednesday Wednesday. and Friday's episode, is Jeff dead? That was a big talking point. I'm like, it's obvious he's, of course he's dead. I mean, all of the publicity afterwards said he was, but that's what they want you to think. You got into a little Twitter uh, thing with Matt Hilton didn't you, <laughs> yesterday, where you were saying he's not dead. He's like, yes, he is. Yeah, Matt Hilton was so. like, oh no, he's uh, no. He said something like, by Ian Bartholomew posted like, I am gone. I'm definitely gone because people weren't didn't believe it. And then Matt Hilton, who's the director, said, uh, a director, a director said, oh, until we meet again or something. I'm like, ah, he's not dead. And then Matt Hilton was like, yes, he is dead. And I'm said. That's what you would say if he wasn't dead. <laughs> and then, and then it, round two commenced after um, Adam was whacked with a with a bottle <laughs> or whatever it was, and today wasn't he? Because yeah. Matt was like, he's he's dead, or is he? Anyway, that was the end of Jeff. Yeah. So on Monday, Friday, um, we did run a poll, didn't we? And it's things like sixty five percent of people thought he was dead, but there was still quite a lot of holdouts. You're like, no, he's alive, he's alive, he's going to be missing. Mm. So Friday, well, when we've seen it with Phelan. Phelan fell into the sea and then crawled back out the next episode. Billy fell off a cliff. Fine. So, Well, on Friday, Jeff's still on the ground and Ryan pops out the window and he says, he delivers the line that totally explains everything to do with how Alia got there. Oh, it looks like there was a fire downstairs that got put out. What are you guys doing? <laughs> Ryan, what do you think we're doing? Can you not put this together at all? I, it looked to me like they were filming an episode of Batman. You know when Batman <laughs> and Robin are climbing up the walls and then people put, put their heads out and then it turns out that it's actually filmed on the side. It looked just like that going, hello, it's my turn. <laughs> Who's going to come out the window next? It's Ryan. <laughs> Yasmin is in shock. And this was a bit of a, a weird turn of events because it, it turned from... Like we're we're escaping Yas we're escaping Jeff and we're on the roof and and there's a fire now there isn't a fire and Jeff's gone, it it's kind of turned into like Yasmin's suicidal and she's going to jump off the roof. I know, I did wonder. Um, I mean, I didn't. I I knew that there was no chance. No, no but chance it, at all that Shelley King wasn't going to be shift, in this. Uh, wasn't it? She was fight, yeah. She was fighting demons in her mind. 
at that point and she and everyone was worried that she would do something she's or blamed slip. herself for what's happened this was a weird thing for me to watch as well because i just watched lethal weapon this this afternoon and there's a scene in that where there's a man on the ledge and the way that he gets talked down is a bit different from the way that yasmin gets talked down let's just say it like that um you she's mean in somebody shock. doesn't come along and say about how his dad taught him magic tricks when he was a boy no, the guy handcuffs himself to him and jumps off. Oh. And they land on a big trampoline. Um, anyway. Uh, they've done that in, in uh, this social distancing, although they could have bubbled up. <laughs> Yasmin's still in shock. She thinks she's killed Jeff. And Ali's like, it was an accident. It was an accident. And she's like, Ryan, go and check. Go and see if he's dead. So Ryan goes and investigates. And he's like, ooh. <laughs> Looks like he's bought it. <laughs> he shakes his head and... Uh, and um, Ali doesn't tell uh, Yasmin straight away, does she? I think she? that Harry Hewitt's going to have a bit of a legacy on this podcast. Whenever anybody's dead, he's someone, someone's going to say that they bought it. Sorry, he's bought it, mate. Um, Ryan and Elaine show up at Sally's house. We finally get to see Elaine again. Hooray! I thought I was getting worried. I thought by after Wednesday's episode, is that, that was it, it for yeah. you? It, uh, for I'm your glad that she Elaine. was here at the end. Um, Yasmin won't come down from the roof, and Ryan, poor Ryan, has to tell Tim that his dad's died. Sally comes to try and plead with Yasmin. Um, so she they go, go up the stairs to the attic and she thinks she's going back to prison. And, and Sally's like, no, come in or I'll have to come out and get you. I'm not good at heights and I've got my slippers on. <laughs> um, that doesn't work. So uh, they go and get Tim to talk to her. And Tim's like, oh, you know, I, I, I don't think I can do it because I didn't believe her and... You know, who am I, blah, 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 to, to ask her to come in, I didn't really like this. I okay. don't think that Tim was convincing in any way, yet she still came to have a listen to his story about magic tricks as a boy. I, I, he was almost like he was literally not even talking to her. I know he was it, doing it to try and get her attention, but, yeah, I, 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 when, when she started, you know, crabbing her way back along the roof, I was like, what, what, what did Sally do wrong? But maybe yeah. she's just upset. Maybe she's thinking, this poor boy, his his dad has just died. Maybe I can go and come with him or something. I don't know. I just thought it was quite funny when she she kind of crawls back and then she hooks herself on... <laughs> she hooks herself so she's looking through the um, the attic dormer window. She's like, I'm not coming in. But it's like, she's like, pe- like two little hands and like a little face going, hello, just peeking through attic window. <laughs> and and Tim's like, Yasmin, let me help you in. And she's like, no, you can't, you're not in my bubble. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, she gets coaxed in somehow, like Tim's the Disney princess and she's a little bird. Um, and they all end up in the lounge. Sally, Tim, Elaine and Yasmin. The police are with Alia outside and the paramedics are zipping up Jeff in a bag. Um, and Elaine's like, yeah, he's gone. He can't treat anyone else like he treated us. And um, Ryan has to go around telling everybody what's happened. Well, first of all, he's standing in the in the street and then Kathy comes along and she's like, what's going on? And he's like, oh, don't ask questions. Nothing, an accident. Jeff's had an accident. And Kathy's like, oh, hope he, uh, wish I killed, wish he was dead or I wish I killed him or whatever. And, and, and everyone's like, well... He is dead, actually. And Kelly's like, yeah! <laughs> I wish I'd seen it. I wish I'd seen him die. Like, literally, she, she's like the, the woman knitting at the guillotine. 
isn't she? She, she is. She and, took and, so and much she delight was, in it. She was the one. I'm glad somebody mentioned Jiggle It Jeff because I was getting worried you like, know, nobody's by gonna... this point that nobody's going to mention Jiggle It Jeff this week. And I, and says... I still thought uh, uh, when, when I was wondering what uh, you know, by what means Jeff's downfall was going to finally occur, I wondered whether somebody was going to be shouting Jiggle It Jeff at him as he you know, walks off in disgrace or falls to him's doom. And, and he didn't get, we didn't get to be, to see him being taunted while he was still alive, but at least he got a posthumous jiggle it Jeff taunt from Cathy. Uh, but I absolutely well, she... adored when she saw him drive, being driven off in the ambulance in his <laughs> body bag and she, you know, lost all the humour and said, good riddance to you, Jeff. And I thought that was absolutely perfect delivery by one Mel One of the Hill. most underrated performances of the that week. That was, that, just that one line. And it, and it it's partly just ties into the fact that I've said that Cathy needs to do more serious stuff. And She's although I enjoyed her actress. going about jiggling, just that look, she did that perfectly. Yeah. And she's... she's She's got a little guilt too because she let Yasmin down. And she, she has didn't been a bit naff during this storyline. Her, her and Eileen. Yeah. Um, Yasmin tells Detective Abney what happened. And she's like, oh, I, I tried to save him. I couldn't do it. it was, I was too slow. I was too late. Oh, no. Um, and the detective's like, okay, well, we'll talk to you again tomorrow. And Yasmin's like, oh, do I have to stay in overnight? And they're like, no, Yasmin, you're not under arrest. You're a witness. You, you're not you're not a, a suspect. Yeah, and crucially, Abney says, I believe you. I've yeah. been watching your case all this time and I believe you. And I think that was what Yasmin needed to hear. <sighs> Is she free? <sighs> it's going to yes. take a while for her to understand what that really means, I think. Um mm. Sally thanks Elaine for everything that she did and Tim asks her to stay with him. And I thought this was Can really sweet. Can you read sweet. me a bedtime story, <laughs> Mummy? Because I can't read. <laughs> it's sad because he's lost a dad but he's gained a mum. Yeah. Um, Yasmin in the flat with Alia later and um, Alia just looks really upset but I guess she's she doesn't seem very happy but... <laughs> I would be. Well, it's because that she knows that for Yasmin, this is far from over. And yet the fact that Yasmin's not just you know, going, oh, thank goodness for that, what's on the telly? She knows that it's going to be a long road yeah, to recovery. Long will it? Will we get <laughs> to see it? I don't know. I hope not really. I think that, I mean, the thing I'd say, I think that it'd be good to have, it. I think Shelley King deserves a, a bit of a break now. Yeah. But to be honest, she's had a bit of a break <laughs> since July. I don't and yes, know. she's had a couple of weeks worth I of intense know. scenes. But we, we've, I think that potentially we could see, you know, a lot more of this story. But what's that? What story is there to tell now? Well, Yaz back to normal. Well, that's that's like a, a minute's worth of an episode. I don't know. I'm I'm looking forward to seeing her. I think I'm... going back into the community, going back into the Rovers, going back to yeah, the community yeah. centre, yeah. going back to Roy's, and seeing everybody again because it still kind of felt a little bit. Like nobody's, there, there was no welcome party for Yasmin out of prison, was there? No. Where at other times when people come out of prison, people are there to go, hey, come, well, let us buy you a drink. You've been freed. You were wrongfully arrested, whatever. And we didn't get to see any of that for Yasmin. We just, she was just there in the flat. She was there in the house. Because she sort of became and, a bit of a, like she's agoraphobic almost because yeah. she was scared of going out because of Jeff. But I mean, Yas- Kathy was saying, oh, tell uh, Yasmin I'm sorry for not being a better friend beforehand. The fact that she wasn't there speaking to Yasmin 
you know, when she came back from prison just goes to show what a poor friend she was. But sometimes when you treat people badly, you feel guilty and so you avoid them because it makes you feel bad about yourself. Mm. That's probably what, that's what happens. I mean, who was it that was saying about that? People avoiding them this week. I don't know. I can't remember. Oh, was, was it Leanne? People avoiding me. Yeah, that's why she wanted to go to France, wasn't it? Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think you might be right. So, so, um, so, so. Uh, um, that, yeah. that's it that's it so oh, oh, right. we've reached oh, the end right. we need to talk about bits now how unspoiled were you for this storyline this week fully what was the picture that I'd said I saw earlier I don't remember I remember you said something I know what I saw which was last Saturday when they released all the all the promo images for this week I saw Sarah Khan and Ian Bartholomew on a roof with a green screen behind. Well, I know you... And, I, and from that, I was like, oh, I think Jeff's going to fall off the roof, which is a shame. And I think Coronation Street really should be careful about what sign of spoilers they're releasing because when the... When you can put two and two together quite so quickly and come up with, yeah, that's pretty much what happened, probably means you've spoiled too much. Yes. They, I said to you after Wednesday's episode, they should have maybe released pictures of the fire and then they could have made people think something, think different. something different was going to happen and then everything on the roof could have been kept as a surprise. And I think that would have been a, a lot better. And either well, yeah. way, people would have think, oh, well, Jeff gets burned in a fire then. But well, yeah, he wouldn't have got burnt in a fire and... If you say, show somebody a picture of something and they can say, tell you what happens in the story from it, you've given away too much. Yeah, and even on Wednesday morning, and I didn't realise this, thank goodness, until after Wednesday's episode had been broadcast, that I think they released a whole new load of more pictures for here's some stuff that's going to happen in tonight's episode. And there was even more blatant pictures of what's going on in the roof. Hmm. And it's like, no, it's Sorry. too much. The, the synopsis for this episode again having read it after the episode aired was too detailed obviously didn't say that jeff falls to his death or anything i think it oh, maybe no, you got hiccups i think it maybe talked about jeff setting the house on fire it was i'm really really glad that an, an awful lot of what happened here i didn't know i didn't know for sure that yasmin would be let off um even no, up until the know. second before the verdict was announced i, was like, oh, I thought God, is what she? are they gonna say what are they going to say? They well, came back because really they, fast. they came back fast. And Sally and Tim were commenting and saying, oh, they've come back fast. That must mean that she must be free or something. And I thought, oh, they're not, if, they're, they've, if they've had those two say that, then maybe that means she isn't free. So the fact that I was still kept guessing until the last minute was great. Um, yeah, as I said, I didn't know that the fire was going to happen. I didn't know that Alia was going to get hit by a box, which again was in the synopsis. So there was... There were some great moments there, but ultimately, the fact that Alia and Jeff ended up on the roof together, when she got booted by the box, or not booted, whacked by the box, I was like, okay, but she's going to come back. And and as I said earlier, I predicted that Jeff was going to fall to his doom. Now, I didn't know whether he was going to die or not, but so, so, that, so that kind of disappointed me a little bit. Um, but maybe on the whole... Why, maybe that's why you didn't like it as much as I did, because I didn't know that... That was going to happen. You didn't know there was going to be any rooftop stuff, no. On the whole, I still really did enjoy the rooftop drama and I thought that was different and I was casting my mind back because every time they, you know, they have to do something big or they have a stunt or they have a celebratory episode or whatever or Britain's Got Talent Week episode, it's like, how can you outdo or do something different to, at least, what's been done before? And there yeah. was no way that they were going to outdo the tram crash. No. But I'm glad that they picked a stunt that still felt fresh for Coronation Street, because just when you think they've done everything, 
characters hanging off one of the roofs. Yeah, I like that. And we were we were coming up with predictions at the beginning of the year, weren't we? I still I still fancied my chances at there being a uh, natural disaster, which you didn't like. But I don't think any of us said maybe some of them are yeah, cliffhanger on the on the, uh, on the edge of the roof, and uh, and it worked because it tied into the the street itself and 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 that's what the program is about i think i think for me it just felt divorced from the rest of the street because of the lack of shots like far shots and i know you said that there were enough for you but for me it wasn't yeah they've had i suppose they've had um obviously andrea hanging off a roof a few years ago but that was more for comedy and they've had like jack stuck on a roof before when he went up there to to clear the gutters or fetch a pigeon or something at one point but i just enjoyed the the freshness they were just like clinging onto it you know? Yeah. It was funny seeing the behind the scenes shots they had little um little platform that they were actually standing on, weren't they? It was I I thought it was done really, really well. Um and, and I appreciated, as I said, that the fact that the fire for me wasn't spoiled. But it was disappointing that it the the purpose of the fire was literally just to get Yasmin to go upstairs. I don't understand. And it didn't how, seem to have any other ramifications. How can you set fire to a house with lighter fluid and Everything is so flame retardant that within a minute it's all put itself out. So well, much so that it didn't even singe a chicken. No, and I'm sure that when Jeff was there hammering on the attic door, let me in, let me in, it felt like it was kind of quite smoky and I don't think it's not going to put itself out. Put themselves out. No, and and which is why when Alia appears on the uh, on the roof, people had a problem with that not just the fact that she had been knocked out cold on wednesday's episode but also how did she actually get in she had to have come in through the back leapt through the fire gone upstairs and why would she go through a fire yeah yeah so she, did, did, did she know that they were up on the roof yeah i don't think i'd go through a fire if i didn't know there was somebody on the other side yeah it doesn't so it doesn't I, make any sense that was the biggest thing and and when Ryan came up and said, oh, it looks like there was a fire downstairs, are we supposed to think that by the time Alia came along, the fire had put itself out and she just walked through? Mm. Because I just think that was a bit silly. Well, you know what? Alia is a bit of a drip, so maybe she just put it out as she was uh, walking through it. She could have done. Yeah, no, I just thought the whole cliche of, oh, you think this character's been knocked out, but no, they appear exactly when you need them to be was a bit, a bit naff, really. Um, yeah, that doesn't happen. So, so I've I've got that's why that's why I'm so so mixed about there. There are bits that I really I, really enjoyed and bits that I was even like, though no. I'm nitpicking, I I I really liked it. I thought it was good. Even like Jeff appearing in the kitchen when Yasmin was looking around and being spooked by all the noises, and then she turns around to look at the front door. She turns around to the kitchen and Jeff is there. I thought that felt a little bit. Where, where it did was you just spring from? Esque though, I. I liked it. I liked that horror movie. Those horror movie touches. I there think was a, need there to a see few, it again. like his Johnny moments from from Jeff as he's yeah. trying to and like, uh, I I said on uh, where, did I, where did I say it? Um, the reason why Jeff was so mad at Olive is because she's actually really magic and he just fake magic and that's how yeah. she got onto the roof <laughs> through the power of magic. I think you're right. I think you're um, right. Yeah, that. The atmospheric touches, like the spooky atmosphere, like Jeff as a horror movie monster, the idea that somebody who is like coercively controlling somebody is as horrific as a, a monster from a horror movie. I like that idea. Mm. Like the absolute terror that he reigned over Yasmin's life with is a definite 
comparable mm. uh comparable i think comparison. i think the big question here though is were they right to kill him off yeah oh okay i can see why people say no well but we've been saying all along don't kill jeff off that yeah. he shouldn't be killed he shouldn't die at the end of this and i and I was a little bit let down, to, to be honest, the fact that he was. And when they were teasing at the beginning of Friday's episode, or oh, let's go and check him, is he going to be out? I was still wondering, there was still a slither of a chance that they're going to go down there and he's disappeared. He's done a John Stape, he's done a feeling after that fight with Gary. Right, I want to point out why, I'm going to say why I didn't mind. And I had been saying, you know, oh, I don't, you know, he should be brought to justice, etc. Maybe, I can't remember what I said. But... The point is, he died because he of his own evilness, yeah? He he put himself into a position where he chased Yasmin onto the roof and then he slipped trying to grab the scarf. And let's be honest here, Yasmin is a very frail, small lady. I think if he'd grabbed that scarf and pulled it, they would have both died. Yeah, they'd have taken her down with him. Um, he died trying to kill Yasmin almost, really, you could argue. Um, and the other thing is... We, did, do we really want to watch another trial with the same stuff again? No, we don't. Trials are fairly boring. The only way he could have got, we could have got out of this is if Jeff had gone on trial for what he did to Yasmin. And what would we have seen then? Exactly the same scenes as we've already seen with the Yasmin. We, we might not have seen it because I mean, just recently we've had Scott get arrested by the police, haven't we? And, and we didn't and get to see any of that would be more anticlimactic, wouldn't it? Yeah, Jeff being brought to justice behind the scenes. Jeff had his day in court where he was trying to stitch Yasmin up, but he got unmasked. We had what we wanted from that perspective. Je- Jeff was unmasked in court as a monster. I'd and have then liked he to have, died. I'd have liked to have seen him more mocked and ridiculed and humiliated by the community. I think that was Kathy that was did what a I was. Good job of it, she did, honest. but I, I was looking for more of him having to live with everybody laughing at him. I wanted to see that. Or I mean, I've seen some people suggest online that he should have been left paralysed. Um, you know, and wheelchair bound and unable to move for the rest of his life. And I think that might have been a fitting ending. It might have been a bit, you know... I don't want to be mean, but disability isn't a punishment. No, I, I, I know, and no, that's that's what I'm thinking. But it's been done in fiction before, hasn't it? Where, it has the, been, where the villain it, isn't killed. Be, it's, it's, uh, let's not be so horrible to, you know, people actually live with being paralysed and it's... Yeah, and I yeah I know, but you it's know, not you like get a, it. it's not it's not it's, poetic it, justice. It just it it feels like Corey's got a thing now where every big villain has got to be killed off, and it's. I'm it's just thinking, that, is there another way? This is the big work. This was the big anniversary week, and the villain got killed on the day. And I'm everyone's not. Moaning. I'm not surprised. At the beginning of the week, I was kind of thinking. I, I, I think they are going to now. It feels like they're building up Once to some kind hit... of big death for somebody, and and why not Jeff? Let's face it, once he smacked once he smacked Dahlia round the face and kicked her in the ribs and left her for dead and then tried to set fire to Yasmin and then tried to chase her on a roof, he kind of had it coming. Mm. Well, up, I, up until that point, he hadn't got... He hadn't really threatened. I know the knife and everything, whatever, but he wasn't plotting to kill people. Yeah. And I suppose it did lead to some interesting dilemmas, dichotomies for Yasmin on Friday. I kind of after Wednesday, with with her feeling guilty about it and blaming herself, and I think that's probably gonna that's gonna stay for a little bit. 
I, I hadn't really considered after watching Wednesdays you know, what, what's going to happen to Yasmin now. I just kind of thought, oh, they're going to get down, he's going to be dead, and, and that's it. So I liked how there was still plenty of meat left on this story on Friday. I would love to watch Elaine move in with Yasmin. I really don't want Elaine to go. It feels like she probably will. I think it was kind of significant that Tim didn't want to be left by himself and he wanted his mum. Yeah. I would really like her to stick around. I don't think she will. I don't Didn't know. Sally say something at the end like, Sally oh, I might not like see it, you again? Yeah, but then and then Tim said, wait till Sally gets back. So it's like, no, I think Sally wants her to leave. Mm. That's the sort of thing I say to people when I want them to leave my house. Yeah. I might not, I'm going to the loo now. I might not see you again because you're probably going to leave before I come back. But if I don't see you again, it was nice to see you. If, Goodbye. If we don't, if we don't have oh, any more of Yasmin, if we don't have any more of Yasmin, I hope that it's going to be an opportunity to bring the characters of Sally and Yasmin closer together because they feuded all these years and <laughs> then they made up. It'd be nice to see them um, strengthening that friendship or indeed Kathy and Eileen, both of whom are feeling very guilty about it. it that'd be quite fun to see more I of think that. people welcoming Yasmin back into the community and crap-talking Tim would be quite satisfying. I, I, know, what, I know what people wanted, and I get, I get it, I totally get it, but, you know, to a certain extent, there's definitely a vindictive streak in that kind of protracted revenge that is not good for your soul like mm. watching watching how long could you watch jeff really be ridiculed and shunned how long would that last how long would that be satisfying i'm not gonna it's not gonna be more than a week mm, maybe what did you want him to be in the show forever just being well i think we knew that wasn't gonna you happen. know what i'm saying yeah like yeah. realistically unless you want to go through another court case which you don't well, I don't know if they're as good as the court case on Monday. Maybe I do because I don't know. Like what, we said earlier, that was still the. Imran was, was still really good at that, the but there's no, there was be nothing new to say. Yeah, yeah. Um, going back to what you're saying about Elaine staying, I like the theory that I saw a couple of people saying at the weekend that Elaine slash Philippa is still married to Jeff. This was last weekend. Yeah. Because, I, and again, it could be something that we missed, but if he's gone around saying, oh, my wife's died, does that mean that they didn't actually get divorced? So does that mean that Jeff was never married to Yasmin legally in the first place? So everything that he has taken because she's married to him, is that all null and void? And I wondered before I was sure that he was going to die, was that going to be the way out of it? Were people yeah. going to say, oh, it turns out that you're still married to a... To a um, Elaine, you're off the hook, Eileen. Sorry, Elaine, that's your problem now. I, I, I quite like. I thought that would have been a smart theory. That was that would have been a really clever way to end it, and it would have been a way of ending it without killing Jeff off, really, because mm. he would have had ended up with nothing, like you say. Yeah, but I there mean, was no way unless unless that had, that that had been the case, there would have been no way of really separating them in an in a in a clinical, you know, precise manner in a satisfying one episode we've resolved it kind of a way like it happened when he died yeah i suppose there is if that is still if they were still married legally then there's the potential that could elaine automatically inherit some of jeff's stuff which is actually no because yasmine's i said this to you and you said no because they're they were never married if Elaine and Jeff are married, oh, then Yasmin yeah. and Jeff weren't married. So you can't just claim lay claim to your bigamous okay. husband's okay. fake so, wife's Okay, so maybe stuff. Elaine would just inherit Jeff's creepy dolls. 
She's like, no, you're all right. I think we'll just chuck them in the skip. I think we'll put them in the the, the brewery, which is now a museum. <laughs> anyway, I, I did like that theory, stuff. but it looks like it's um, maybe not needed anymore. Um, I think we're done with this. Are we done? Too long now. It, oh, dear. Um, I, well, I, I, yeah, I had some issues, but on the whole, I thought it was I a fair see bit of fun. And in Renaissance, please. Thank you. Oh yes, in Renaissance, yeah, yeah. We'll see, <laughs> we'll see. But the fact that he wasn't in it on Wednesday and Friday was just upsetting to me. Tell me about Ollie. Ollie, well, he's dead. Still dead. He's still dead. He's 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 living it up with Jeff Aww. right now. Um, Two more angels in heaven. <laughs> nothing really happens in this story, to be fair, does it? Leanne wants to bog off to France because she's had a. a he's been doing too he's much had acting it up to recently. Here. Um, Nick's trying to make her see sense, and so does. Is Toya? No, Toya was Wednesday, wasn't she? Um, Peter, Peter. Peter goes to Leanne as well in Victoria Gardens and says, oh, you'll overcome this. You're going to get through this. You, and she's like, no, me and Nick are bust beyond repair. It's just the same thing as she's been saying the last few weeks, really. And um, she has a bit of a cry at the end of Monday's episode where after Nick tries to appeal to her better nature again. Um, well, you should have well, learned by now, Nick. Exist. Wednesday is the episode that starts with Leanne and Toya in the back of the Rovers. She's booked a one-way flight to see ooh, excuse me for a little bit she's booked a one way flight to see Stella in France Toya wants to save her from this fate works from death by saying no stay here you can be looked after by the community 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 isn't the best word of today's episode everybody talking about stuff like this um, Leanne's mind is made up though she's going to go over to um, the Loire Valley or whatever it is um, and says, look, I'm sorry. I, I like this bit when she was apologising to Toya. She said, oh, these past few weeks, you've been my you've been my punching bag. You've been my... Handbag. You've been my shoulder to cry on, whatever. And Toya's cool with it. She does her sisters before Mr's line. Did she say something about Bat's Bees at some point? Yeah, probably. <clears throat> and But she warns her, you can't outrun what you're feeling. It's going to find you wherever you are. She knows she's a counsellor. Yep. She um, says, have you ever seen that film It Follows? <laughs> it's really rude, but it's good. Then we get to see Sam turn up halfway through Wednesday's episode. Nick's telling him about the tram crash. And I did wonder and at the beginning of the week whether Ashley. anybody would um, remark on the fact that this is the anniversary, the 10th anniversary of the tram crash. And isn't that a bit of a coincidence? But they didn't really pick it up, apart he's, from old Nick. He's, he's like, uh, my friend died saving my, best my friend, life. Ashley died in the tram crash. Um We've rebuilt it, but we haven't forgotten. Oh, yeah, we haven't forgotten, exactly. I think you have. Uh, He sees Leanne going past the car and tries to talk to her, but she's not interested. So Sam comes up with a cunning plan towards the end of the episode to get Leanne to come back to the street by taking Nick's phone, which he was supposed to be using to order a pizza, and calling Leanne a chicken on it. And nobody tells Leanne she's a chicken, so she she comes comes right back, takes the the bait, and it turns out, yeah, it's only Sam. And then um, Friday... Nothing, 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 Basically, really. Sam so, just wears her down with his relentful cheer and, and sweetness. Yeah, like, and flossing. I'm adorable. I can do dances from Fortnite, and I bet you don't even know what that is, Leanne. Well, I bet she does if Simon's. I bet, I bet Simon. Simon's like, oh, only cool little kids play Fortnite. I play Minecraft. <laughs> um, Sam uses some <laughs> kind of analogy of taking a long time to learn how to floss to try and make Leanne see that. 
you'll learn you'll learn to love me she's eventually. Like, you know, look at me. Just, saw... God, look, look at my face. How, how could you stay a mad says, at a face like this, Leanne? He says, do you remember so the cute. first time you heard of the dance called The Floss and you were outraged at the stupidity and you couldn't believe how far society has fallen? And every single subsequent time you saw it, you couldn't muster the energy to care as much as you did for that initial time. <laughs> and then over time, you gradually just become accustomed to how ridiculous it is. Before long, you can't even be bothered to care at all. That's how you'll feel about me one day. <laughs> what do you think? You're on, says Leanne. Um, that, that's about it, isn't it? Nick gets back eventually. He's got his pizza. Simon's locked himself in the in the bedroom because he's mad about Peter and Adam, which we'll talk about in a minute. But And and Sam is telling Leanne what dabbing is, probably, yes. at this point. Um, I, I, I didn't feel that this story was particularly needed at this point. Toya got to do an impression of Eva doing a laugh. Oh, it was worth what? it for that, then. What? Worth it for that. <laughs> Loved that bit. That was brilliant. That sounded a bit like an impression of... Um, it sounds like Nicky of... Mouse whenever I try to no, do it. No, I was going to say, it sounds a little bit like an impression of one of Yasmin's chickens. Now, I always sound like Mickey Mouse from South Park <laughs> when I try to do either. Yeah. <laughs> and did you... Any, any merit to the story being in here this week? I mean, it explains why Leanne's... I mean, it, it's like Leanne is, is open to not running away and perhaps... Well, I never thought she was going to run away before Nick, the week started, so... When I was watching uh, Sam trying desperately to impress Leanne, I was thinking to myself, Leanne, how dare you... Nick, like belittle Nick's feelings for your child and also try to say that you couldn't build a relationship with Sam when you expected Nick to be his surrogate father for all those years and that when it counted you wouldn't let him in Mm. and then you refused to believe that you could feel the same feelings that Nick felt for Oliver you couldn't feel those for Sam are you saying that for are you really going to stand behind that Mm. I just thought that you know, if there was ever a moment when she would realise how outrageously unfair that she has been, it would have been then. And we we don't know what she's thinking. No, because it no kind of cut I mean, before we got a resolution. Yeah, didn't that, it? that was it really. I hope that maybe there might be week. there might be a nice Christmas scene with you know, yeah, yeah Nick maybe and, uh, pulling a cracker with Sam and Natasha. Mm. I mean, we'll know if Natasha starts coughing blood into a tissue. We'll know that Sam is going to move in with Nick and Leanne. Yeah, we've said since the beginning, <laughs> haven't we, that when, how long is uh, Natasha going to be staying in there? I like Natasha. She, hasn't, quite, she uh, hasn't been as fun as she, on her return as she was on her exit, uh, but yeah. who could top that? <laughs> Finally, Gemma, we've got, we got everything else. Fag and Chagin, Fallen Off Wagon, slash Smug Scottish Hit. This story, every time on Monday and Wednesday, this story came on the scene. I was just like... Move it on, move it on. I'm not interested. Get back to the Jeff and Yasmin stuff. This it was turned the out that hit. it was leading up to something quite juicy. Amazing. So on Monday, it's all a bit awkward for Carla and Peter because Carla's got another meeting today, um, and he's like, oh, still looking out for who was this guy. Every single person that she meets, because she said it was a work person. He's like, who was it? Who was it? Um, she tries to say it's not. She's not her type. She's not into these guys anyway. Um, then we get Dev making a comment to Adam about not being able to pay for something the other day because he didn't have his wallet. Yeah, then... he's, no, sorry, he's making a comment to Daniel, Daniel. about Adam. Oh, that's he's, right. Yeah, Daniel saying... goes into the shop and Dev's like, oh, yeah, Adam can't, couldn't pay either because he didn't have his wallet. Yeah. Daniel goes to see Sarah and says, what was the name of the hotel you were at the other week? 
and he starts snooping around because we know he used to be a journalist. So this is the so we we know that there was the wallet that was left in the hotel after Adam and Carla's evening of passion in there together. Yes, and that and and everybody knows journalist. Everyone, not everybody knows that they slept together, but everybody seems to know that whoever left the wallet is the person who shagged Carla. Yes, so it's like Cinderella's shoe. (laughs) 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 It's a shagging wallet. Um, it's not quite a pretty of a tale. I don't no. think Disney's going to adapt this one. <laughs> Peter comes to see Carla at work, she, who wants to take her for lunch, and he knows she knows he's just checking up on her. And then the client that she's supposed to be meeting for, uh, turns up, and it's a lady. Twist. But this is Coronation Street, and who knows if Carla's sleeping with her as well. Leanne comes to tell Peter not to chuck away what she's got with Carla if there's still a chance. There's quite a lot of people telling other people not to give up on their relationships this week. Peter comes back to the Rovers to apologise to Carla and he proposes. He gets down on one knee and says, I've booked tickets to Kefalonia where my mate's got a villa, let's get hitched. Um, meanwhile, Daniel's worked out it's Adam's wallet and I don't really know how he got to that. Oh, he says he spoke to the cleaner at the hotel yeah. and she's like, oh, there's a Scottish man. It was, there's a smug Scottish gitch from there. We're going around with Carla. And, and Daniel can only think of one man who's smug and Scottish who was with Mrs. Connor, who has a wallet that is lost, immediately works out that it's it's Adam, and Adam begs him, please do not tell anybody. Daniel's disgusted, and he goes to the Rovers, he finds out that Peter and Carla have proposed. He reveals... (laughs) Does this when he says that she slept with Adam at this point? Um, No, Adam's the one that says it was me. Um, No, so he tells Carla, right? Peter, is it the Adam, Rovers Dan- later? Daniel Peter tells, can see. Daniel that, tells Carla. Oh, yes, 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 yes I know does. you and Adam slept with each other. Yes. And then Peter comes in and Daniel's like, good luck, mate. On Wednesday, Peter says, you know what? I, I'm having second thoughts about the wedding. I think we should have it here. Everyone should come, including Daniel. And she's like, don't, don't, don't do this. <laughs> Please don't um, tell anybody. She's going to town, she says, but she actually goes to see Daniel to plead with him to not tell anybody about her and Adam because Peter's going to ask him to be his best man. Oh, then Dan- Jenny tells Peter that Carla was with Daniel when she said she was going to town. And so when they have a celebratory get together, Peter and Carla, no, Peter sees Daniel and Carla talking and immediately thinks that they were the ones that slept with each other because of the sneaking around earlier. Uh, etc etc so he like accuses them publicly of having an affair but no and then Adam's like no it was me all along and then Sarah walks in at this point and hears him saying that he is shagged Carla and he's like we were on a break and Sarah's like that was cute in friends but not really and with this is like 15 how long how many years later (laughs) we're all over it now Peter starts ranting Sarah leaves this is on Friday now on Friday Um, Adam's mad at Peter because he thinks that he's basically he's like it's your fault that me and Sarah have broken up now and it's like what do you what do you mean (laughs) I didn't force you together naked he's saying oh I was single I was single when I was sleeping with Carla it's not the same thing Um, Ken (laughs) Ken gives Adam a telling off 
Um, the fallout continues. Peter's got a bottle of whiskey. He well, no, we think he has. He's well, he's no. disappeared, and so has a bottle of whiskey. But they Carla come. Remarks. Carla and Peter are in the back room together, and she's accusing him of taking the whiskey. And he's like, "No, I didn't. But if I did, it's your fault." And then he starts taking the bottle and starts drinking it. Uh, and she's like, die. "Don't do it! Don't do it!" And he's like, "Yeah, it's your fault. It's your fault. You can do what you want now. I'll get drunk, and you can go and sleep with somebody." And Carla says, I've been selfish, reckless and cruel, but let's move forward. I love you. And Peter's like, I don't care. I like whiskey. Yum, 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 yum. Adam follows Daniel into number six, where they're both trying to plead with Sarah. But she's like, I'm not interested in either of you. Get out. So they both leave. Peter slinks off. Well, he, he like taunts Carla by drinking this whiskey. Some of the looks that Chris Gascon gave uh, He's tonight's like, episode so were great. With himself. Yeah, yeah. Like, you, this is what you've you've done this it, yeah it's a it's a evil your, leer he gives to Carla as I he's hope you're enjoying whiskey. watching me kill myself right in front of you he was so so ha- like evil smug yeah like grimly satisfied with himself yeah Th- then we find him drunk in the community garden with Simon Simon finds him there <laughs> makes it sound like they got drunk together that's why I changed it um, Adam shows up because he's going off to the co-op for some reason I don't know what he's buying maybe a sandwich to go with his uh, bistro di- disco that he's having. Oh, yeah. I'll tell you what. Apart from being bludgeoned in the head, that looked like a good night. <laughs> um, Peter reveals to Simon what Adam's been doing, a.k.a. shagging Carla. Simon is not happy about this because he's re- reduced his father, Adam has reduced Peter, into a drunken mess again. Peter yells at Adam to get away from him. Adam leaves. Simon storms off in tears because he's worried about his dad. Everybody knows that, you know, the next drink he takes, it could kill him. He goes to Leanne's and has a tantrum. Are you going to say something? I was just going to say, like, now that he has had a drink and he's fine, I don't feel that threat anymore. When he was on death's door, uh, let's say a month, I don't know how long it will go, it was... And and the, the doctor said, no, really, really, you could kill yourself with the next drink. It's like, oh, so there's a bit of tension here. But yeah, now we've seen him do it. It's like, although they, they can do that indefinitely now. And maybe no, I, I don't, don't think fear so. that, that. I, I don't think so at all. I don't think it's instantaneous like that. I think you think that he takes a swig and then immediately vomits blood everywhere. I think that he's going to... I reckon... That, I don't think they, they had the doctor say that for nothing. I think he's going to... This is my prediction... He's going to say, Carla, I was so stupid. I can't believe I did that. I'll never do it again. I feel awful. You and Simon are the most important people in the world. I'm going to never touch alcohol again. I want to live for you. And then the next minute he's going to be spewing blood everywhere and the doctors will appear and go, well, we sold you. You're going to die now. But I don't think they're going to kill him off. So however oh, you know, far down that rabbit hole he goes, he's going to come back the it other side. It would be a very, very sad ending to Peter's story to die of alcoholism. I think that would be quite a bold move. I, I to kill off a Barlow in a way like this. It's, I, don't, I can't decide whether it would be responsible or irresponsible. Because on the one hand, it does show there are consequences. And like the amount of times that Coronation Street over the years has glamorised drinking, just like every other TV show and advert does and song and everything. Mm-hmm. I don't blame them for that particularly. But to, to, to show that there is, you know, when we say this, it's serious. Is it irresponsible of them to not kill him off after you, he, you see him so flagrantly disregarding his health? Can you imagine if the big twist at the end of tonight's episode would literally Peter dead in Victoria Gardens? 
That, that would have been, been that would have been amazing. A, a bit sad. It would, but it would have been an unexpected twist. It would have been. I, I wasn't expecting Adam to wind up covered in blood and chips. <laughs> so I, I didn't. I didn't need to be surprised in in a different way than I was already. It might have been ketchup. Come to think of it, because we didn't actually see the wound from his head that the blood was. It could have just have been a very smooth. <laughs> Burgundy ketchup. Yeah, it's probably one of these homemade fancy ones. Oh yeah, but one they of these don't have weird ones. at the bistro. Probably like yeah, one of these like what, like Professor McGonagall's magical <laughs> McGonagall's magical ketchup concoction. <laughs> <laughs> you know, if you go into a pub and it's got that on the table, you're going to be paying more than five pound for your <laughs> chips. So anyway, um, Peter Junkney yells at Adam to get away from him. Adam You've leaves. Simon storms off in tears. He goes to Leanne's. Sarah confronts Adam in the street and she like realizes that they were like she's like you were laughing at me you and Carla I nearly caught you you thought you were getting away with it you know and there's Carla desperately trying to get rid of me and I thought you know she was my friend and it turns out she was just trying to hide the fact that she slept with my husband yada 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 she points her finger at him he does he gets a case of the wonky fingers and the, I appreciated the Spice Girls reference that as well which was what was it stop it, right Adam, now thank you very much no it was not it was, it was Adam saying become tell one. me what you want what you really, really want. I think it was that. It was something like that. It was something like that. And she said, zig zig No. She goes inside and then she watches Adam and Gary outside the bistro having an argument because he's come looking for Ray and things start escalating really quickly. And I, I don't know how they got to this point, but basically Adam gets so mad that he says, I'm going to tell everybody where Rick's body is in the woods and you murdered him. I don't think he knows the precise location, so no. how much of a threat this really is, I'm not sure. But I love the fact that he was like, get out of my way, I've got my, my chips are getting cold, I'm going to tell everyone you murdered Rick. So um, Adam's there, and he and it, this was a great scene. This was fabulous. I, I am, You loved this, because you spotted it. I was typing notes, weren't you? And you're like, there's someone in the background! I was like, he's going to die. He sets up this like cool speaker, and I'm actually surprised that this wasn't an Argos sponsorship. Because they've got a new sponsor, Coronation Street does, and it's got Argos, and they Spoiling said that the they're, news, they're going podcast. to be product placements in some of these, and that looked like the sort of thing I'd like to put on my Christmas list, because it's like a jaunty speaker that plays... You imagine going through the Argos catalogue and circling that one. Oh, did you used to do that when yes. you were a kid? I used to fold over the pages and circle things. My parents Absolutely. like, I don't Getting know how much... Argos catalogue once a quarter, highlight of the year. How much money do you think we have? <laughs> <laughs> so... Uh, so he's there and he's having his like private disco because earlier on he you said this didn't we what he basically got Ray to leave him there alone but he has some oh, kind yeah, of oh yeah I did I said like, that right at the beginning he's like let me I haven't finished my wine and it yeah, Ray's started trying having to a go at him and, and Ray's like fine whatever stay here I don't care so he stays there by himself and he's dancing around to music and he's drinking wine and as soon as he came around the bar with this bottle, I was like, this scene's too long and there's nobody else in it. What's going to... Oh, he's going to die. <laughs> so he's there and then a shadowy black figure sort of slinks across the camera and they they pick up a a kind of, an award. I didn't... I couldn't tell. It was like... It looked shardy, didn't it? It did look like the Weatherfield Good Samaritan Award that hasn't been given out yet. Yeah, I don't know exactly what it was. So Carla, Jenny, and Carla and Jenny and the Rovers wondering where Peter is. Yeah, they basically and then, the, the next few scenes is a, a montage of scenes of, of people these people being are looking suspicious. guilty and they're coming in from somewhere. Yeah, so Carla comes into the bistro where Jenny is the the Rover story, and and she's like, 
They all say something really ominous to the people in the scene. Daniel's there as well. Both Carla and Daniel are wearing black. Jenny's wearing a dress with like she's got some kind of strange spacey galaxy. So that's it's not her, but it could be Daniel or Carla. And and she say she says Jenny says something about seeing somebody, and she's like, "You'll never see him again," or something. You know what I mean? It wasn't quite like that, but. then Sarah gets home looking really suspicious and says to Jeff, says to David that Jeff's been killed. And David's like, oh, no, who would do such a thing to, to poor innocent Jeff? And uh, Sarah says, some people have it coming. And, <laughs> and then Adam says to Sarah, I'm sure you and Adam can work it out. David says that. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. David says to Sarah, I'm sure you and Adam can work it and out. She's like, hmm. And she's like, yes, he's dying to make it up to me. Or <laughs> she doesn't say that, but she should have done. Then we see Gary looking pensive with a lantern. He doesn't say anything because he's, he's alone. The, he's in the furniture shop, isn't he? Yeah. And I have to say that there was a really cute picture of a Bichon Frise on the wall that didn't look like it belonged there at all. <laughs> I don't know if it was that kind of dog. Um, then Peter is on the bench completely drunk. He's, he's he had a brick in his hand, which he drops, and he falls asleep with his bottle of um, whiskey. I don't know whether that brick was supposed to be a clue to make us think it was maybe him, but we saw the murder weapon, or not, or not murder, the attack weapon, whatever you want to call it, and it was definitely seen to be something glass, didn't it? Or, yeah. Or, or your perspex or something like that. Unless um, Peter moved it, he's like, we're going to put my... I put a pin my brick on and burn Yeah, stupid, so I think that that's a bit of a red herring. In the way. I don't know. But at the end of the day, we have a big cast of villains wearing black, all of whom all had motive. That's, that's they harsh. are. Most of them aren't. Well, they whacked a man around the head. One of them did. Don't, t- oh, don't okay. paint the others with the same Possible brush. villains. Possible villains. And the final... Sarah's a saint. Shut up. The final scene of this episode and the anniversary 60th special anniversary week is adam unconscious perhaps dead not dead with a nasty head wound on the floor blood everywhere and chips placed strategically on the top of the blood which normally would be a clue to how this crime took place but i think it was just artistic yeah, he falls to the floor and starts bleeding before the chip box falls on top of him. <laughs> how did that happen? Hmm. I I wondered, although I liked the scene where you see some shadowy movement behind Adam and that's where you said, oh, something's going to happen. I think it would have had a bigger impact if we hadn't had that scene and we'd just seen all those no, scenes no. of them coming in all suspicious no. and then we would have been like, boom, there's Adam on the no. floor looking half dead and then we'd have gone then we'd have rethought have what we'd just that. seen so the way that it happened for us I was watching Carla I was watching Sarah in my mind yeah, going okay that, have they just done it yeah but I'd that rather made have re- it no I loved it. that I loved watching it going oh, who's wearing black who could it be they're all suspicious oh it's who pushed Ken again it is it's it's who pushed Ken who dropped the roof on Rana <laughs> I don't know whether it's too soon for a who done it who, who killed Frank do, do, you, do you think it's too soon he or is it okay? Tina. No, I like love these it. I love this so much. I'm so happy. When all this week, I was like, oh, the anniversary week is going to be really good. And then um, I really love Mondays. And then Wednesdays, I was like, I can kind of, I, I think to me, I felt like the potential made me not like it as much because I was thinking oh I wonder what this would have been like if they had blah 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 and then this one I was like oh here we go blah 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 Sam and Leanne were sad and Carla shagged the wrong guy blah blah and then (laughs) and then and then then, 
Adam gets hit on the head and I'm like, oh, I should have been paying attention because of murder, not because of romance. I I feel that the reveal of Daniel's bloodied body isn't quite as you effective mean as Adam. Adam's sorry, bloody body isn't quite as effective as Ken's was. Well, I don't but, think anyone's favourite character at the moment is Adam. He, no, he spends a lot of time Ken, being an absolute was, arse. When Ken was pushed down the stairs, he'd made a lot of enemies, but he hadn't made an enemy of the viewer, the viewer really. Whereas Adam, yeah, you're right. Adam was such a Get. He was like, oh, it's your fault that Sarah doesn't like me anymore just because I shagged you. We were on a break. Adam Adam was asking for it. Yeah. So I don't think like... that this is as strong because I don't feel as much sympathy no, for it. Adam. This is this would be like if the episode of Friends where Ross and Rachel were on a break and then Ross slept with somebody ends with Ross being murdered and all the friends being suspects. I think it was Phoebe. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so... I like that how I, there's an unexpected twist. I can just but. say, again, I'm, I am... The only thing that's ma- setting off alarm bells in my head is I feel like they're pulling a Frank Foster again, where they're going, who was it out of these people? And it's like, it wasn't those people. They always do that. I know, but, but I don't like don't it. Always, it's stupid. With, with, the, with the who pushed Ken, there was the list of suspects, and it turned out it was one of them. So yeah, that good. was good. But this time, the list of official suspects, if you look on the ITV.com website, it's... Gary, Sarah, Carla and Peter. So it's it's not very many. So there's the definite possibility that there could be, it could be someone else. So let's just, should we run down some of the suspects and say what, whether we think it was them or not? Starting with Gary. Now he's the long-standing rival of Adam for Sarah's affections. And also there was that threat of Rick being unearthed. Mm, yeah, like, I mean, the he's, next everything. Day, Adam was going to um, send the Rosas in on on Gary. His so whole would, life is now at stake. Mm, so it wouldn't surprise me if he had. He certainly had the motive. He had probably the biggest motive out of everybody. If he wants to keep that a secret, um, he also did look very brooding after. They all did. Yeah, but on the other hand, I think you maybe they want you to think it's him because he's the one that. You know the oft Rana and um, and Rick. Can I just say so something? Therefore, it must be him. Is what they front. say, but I'm not sure. No matter who it is that did this, apart from perhaps one person, which I think it might be, I wouldn't mind because all of these have got the potential to to take the story in an interesting way, and also their motivation is satisfying and interesting to me. And they're all big characters. Okay, yeah, yeah. Um, we also got Sarah being a su- official suspect. Obviously, she was cheated on by Adam. She has got away with murder once before. Not that she did the murder, but she was an accessory to Ca- uh, Callum's murder and helped with the whole... Um, cover-up. Cover-up in the drain um, oh. manhole. So if she thought, well, I managed to get away with that, maybe I can do it again. Although she probably shouldn't be taking that logic because it did drive her a little bit crazy and she had yeah. to go to get psychiatric treatment. So unless I... she's forgotten about that. Okay, I'm, I'm not sure it's her. I don't think that... I, I don't think that she's a bad character. All these other ones, Gary, Peter, even Carla to some extent, I wouldn't well, be surprised if they turned to this act of crazy been... violence. And I don't think that Sarah would. I disagree. She was just humiliated in front of everybody in the Rovers by a man that she thought she had a chance with getting back together with, and he lied to her face about who he's and about sleeping with somebody. Mm. And she also was embarrassed by the fact that she thought Carla was her friend. I just I don't think that Sarah would have it in her to to do that. Let's move on to Carla. You've written she's regretful of bonking him, but actually, the reason why she would kill him is because she thinks that 
what their actions have caused Peter to self-destruct. Oh yeah, yeah. That's so her, the man that's just said she want he wanted to marry her is now perhaps in the process of killing himself with alcohol and everything that she ever wanted really is going down the drain and he's got the gall to blame her wholeheartedly for the entire thing because he said it wasn't his fault because he was single at the time. So do you think that Carl is a likely suspect? The thing is... It's another one that to me feels like maybe not. Whoever did this did this in a very cold blood unless there's a scene that we didn't see where he turned around and said something to whoever it was. Yeah. Um, Whoever did this, it was very calculated and planned. They walked into the bistro while he had his back turned and possibly was zonked out a bit drunk and hit him on the head. So do you think that that means it wasn't Peter then because he wouldn't have been able to plan it? We're, We're supposed to think it was maybe Peter because, you know, he had his brick... He was no. drunk and he maybe didn't know what he was doing. I mean, I think it's possible he was drunk and he didn't know what he was doing, but I don't think that's the reason why he couldn't have done it. Yeah, but then I think... So, I mean, there's a lot of reasons why any of these could be red herrings. I'm kind of... I'm still going down the it, it might be Simon route on this one because he's not been put as a, uh, as a suspect. Last time we saw him, he was very emotional. He's mad at Adam for splitting up his dad's with his new girlfriend. He's Carla. mad at... No, he's mad at, um, at Adam because... Peter's back on the bottle again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, and and yeah. he turns up and he's uh, like, I'm I don't mad. care. And all and he's these got people, w reasons just to, to remind everybody, all these people wearing black. Yeah. But when we saw, because we, we went and, and yeah, watched that scene, and, and it, is... it was a certain type of black. So yeah, Debbie think... was wearing black that was a bit more. You know, I, can I just say, this was more this fluffy. Is a, yeah, this doesn't make any difference. No, I think that that is important. I don't but, think but so. But I, I think Otherwise if I remember right, Gary's, Sarah, Carla, and Peter were all wearing yeah, but more I think that's a red herring. quilty, fluffy material. So Simon also. Don't forget, he's got form. He used to beat Leanne up. He, we know he's violent. When he gets angry, he can be violent. Yeah. And also, I think that, I mean, depending on how things go with Adam, Simon is a bit of a dispensable character. And if they want to send him off to... Disposable. Sorry, yeah. If, if, they, if they want to <laughs> send him off to, uh, to Juvie or whatever, yeah, then... He can. Maybe that's, that's good. And then he can come back um, a new man afterwards. Daniel, also, he could be involved in this because he... He's got four. Was, he was really mad when he found out they slept with each other. Yeah. Um, he's worried about Peter. He's already pushed somebody down the stairs. What's to hit somebody with a statue? Mm. He feels like he's, you know, he's removed enough from the story for it not to be him. But don't want to take him off the suspect less completely at this early stage and then also we got ken who probably could have done it just for larks he's, he's still got it he, he wants a storyline to keep his hand in yeah maybe he has actually he was done this and he's still resentful of the fact that he's mike baldwin's son he was um notable by his absence during the protesting yeah he, he they were handing out, planet, they were they? Handing so out hot toddies and he wasn't there yeah yeah um, I like this theory that we've got sent by um, David Brown on Twitter and I'm going to be mad if this is actually what it turns out to be because I think this is quite plausible but you don't think so. Um, he thinks it was Debbie and she thought she was attacking Ray. Yeah, I. It'd be, again, interesting twist to have somebody who's not on the suspect list but I, I don't see that Adam... I don't see the resemblance between Ray and Adam. I think she would have realised. Also, know, the last I... time we saw Debbie and Ray, it looked like they were well into, you know, a round of drinks at the hotel where <laughs> they're discussing about this development. So I don't think she would have got out. And then, and, and like I said, she she knew where Ray was because she's just been with him. What about if it was Ray? Because Possibly. he had a black coat on at one point. 
uh, later on in the day. He, I don't know why he would really want to smack Adam on the head, but I mean, he's evil. Unless he wants to pin it on Gary, because he wants to stop oh, yeah. Gary um, from from not selling him the hotel. So if he says, "Oh, I saw Gary going on into there," and you know, five maybe later, maybe Adam was dead. Maybe. maybe he needs to raise some money for his defense, Gary. If he gets put, if he gets yeah. caught up by the police, yeah. and then Ray be like, "Sell your factory to me, <laughs> and I'll give you all the money in the world." Yeah. Um, so uh, it, it, is up, a, it, it is a little bit early to decide, but I, I'm. I love this. Kind I'm going. Of thing. I'm going for Simon as my end of week one oh, prediction. Who do I think it is? I think it's Simon as well. I think I don't know. I love it. I love it so much. I can't believe I'm ending this week so excited. More excited perhaps than I was at the beginning. Oh. Uh, it, odd that it is the Barlows again that they've chosen. It for really this, is the Barlows. I, and I hope all... it doesn't end up feeling too similar to the care. Who Pushed Pen. It's all, pen. The, all the Barlows again, and they're all dressed as Connors <laughs> in tribute. <laughs> well, we know the Connors number's dwindling on the street. Somebody's got to get the black gear on. Yeah. As the Bistro Ninja. That's who it was. Yeah. Who was the Bistro Ninja <laughs> that, that killed Adam? Or, or, or just still come around in his circle. Hurt him a little bit. Perhaps it was the ghost of the Bistro Ninja. Maybe, maybe it was. Um, what do you what did you think about the fact that they mentioned Rick Nealon again? Because I was starting to worry that it had been too long no, and they might have forgotten. Tucked under the carpet after Bernie and swept what's it carpet. swept under the carpet after Bernie finds the watch earlier this year. Well, they clearly but, want to. Yeah, I mean, <sighs> are they going to go to the forest and dig up? Can they go and do? Is this possible? Can they go and do... I think it's going to have to at some point. I mean, lots of things are opening up. I mean, the cases, COVID cases aren't going away and the government's trying to restrict people a bit more than they did before. But now, are they giving people... It feels like we're getting more freedoms in some places and less in others. Like, at the moment, we're not allowed to go anywhere or see friends and family, but you are allowed to go to restaurants and pantomimes. Mm and theatre and stuff so I mean the thing is it's not an is it an economic activity Uh, I guess so because you're making a TV show I mean what do TV shows I mean we know that some television shows are filming it's not just Coronation Street filming inside in sets what do they do yeah I don't know there must be places that are filming outside I I don't think they would have mentioned that if that wasn't going to come up again. But I also wonder about the Callum stuff and whether that's going to come up because Gary knows the truth about Callum, doesn't he? So if if Sarah falls into the arms of Gary at some point, which I still think is a distinct possibility, that could get brought up. But to be honest, though, I the way the way that this the week went, it was satisfyingly non-predictable because I mean when um. Abby leaves Kevin on Monday after he suspects her of stealing uh, of of stashing away drugs in the car. I was convinced that she was going to find find Peter, and they'd end up. Yeah, yeah, that's what you kept together. saying. You're like, oh, it's so obvious and that it's just going to end yeah, up. Yeah, nothing blah. like that happened. Well, I'm glad. So I'm really glad for, for theories. Wow, that would have been the most irritating way for it to have gone. So. Yeah, no, I agree. And this is honestly, you can turn any story into a whodunit. I'll love it. I'm not loving it as much as you. Wow. I think it's fine. I think it's. I I, re- I appreciate the surprise twist yes. more than the contents of the twist. But I, I mean, it's still warming up, isn't it? I guess um, next week will be the test to see whether it's actually actually worth it or not. 
And then that's it for this week's Street Talk, Gemma. Wow. So the time has come for us to give our score oh, for the man. 60th anniversary week and oh. what we're scoring it out of. Yeah. It's a really tricky one because <laughs> it was in no means perfect. I mean, if the tram week was a five, this wasn't a five, was it? Unless no. it's a quite a broad range of what a five syn- is. I was reading the synopsis of the tram week and I was like, oh, yeah, this was fantastic. And I don't think we're going to look back at this week and feel exactly the same way. There were some obvious highs, like the court case on Monday, elements of the Jeff and Yasmin after that, the the surprise who done it. Um, the thing is... Uh- a lot of these but, stories felt quite separated from one another, whereas the tram week stuff was very intricately woven yeah. where, like, you know, disaster after disaster occurred and it all impacted on other people's stories, whereas this was like, meanwhile, Yasmin crawls on the roof, you know? Yeah. It, I don't know whether to knock it down points because as an Wait. anniversary week, it's, <gasps> um, you know, you got How an expectation of height, of height and... and of a high score and I, I, I don't know well, it, I'm, I'm erring between a four and a five four, a four and a four and a half and I don't want to give it four and a half just because it was anniversary week but honestly the Leanne stuff seemed a little bit pointless um, and Monday and Wednesday the Carla Peter Adams stuff was a little bit dull too I can't think of a huge 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 amount of dialogue that was instantly quotable and, and memorable for years to come but then you don't get that every week and you don't mark it down normal weeks because of that what do you think evelyn's gonna think of sam i don't know what's i that think she's gonna do with anything? i don't know i was just thinking like i really i still really like i still maker. really like sam but i'm starting to think that he's a one-trick pony possibly like oh i'm gobsmacked this child is so precocious i just think evelyn wouldn't be impressed <laughs> Um, well, come I'm, on, give it a score because I want to know I'm what you're going, going to give out of. this four Times New Roman Enemas. I was going to take that one. Well, I came up with that. I earlier. know you did. That's why I was going to let you have it first. <laughs> and my character of the week this week is Imran. Even though he was only in Monday's episode, out of everyone this week, he was the character that I was fist pumping the most for. Oh my and God, saying, don't do that. Come on, Imran, do it. You, you show him. Um, and, and for various reasons, a lot of the other characters, I mean, the, the problem with some of the other storylines, there are a lot of despicable characters, like in this <laughs> Fag and Chagin story. I mean, nobody really came out of that smell of roses, did they? <laughs> Yasmin was good, but... Uh, and Jeff was fun, but I just... I, I, I don't want to give it to Jeff just because it was his final week. I, honestly, I, I thought yet again, I was so, so, so impressed with Imran on Monday. He gets it two weeks in a row from me. We keep coming out with double entendres. <laughs> um, it's late, I'm tired. I give it four and a half boiling Ooh. frogs. Oh, also an Imran reference. Yeah, I was going to give it to Imran. But then you, said, you. then you said it's just final week. And the way that he performed that line of the laughing and oh, oh I don't know it is his final week but then you're right I think of all the characters this week Imran was the one who blew me the way he turned the tables the in the story as well if it wasn't yeah. for Imran Yasmin could just be rotting away in jail and, and it wasn't Jack that, could be living another day it wasn't that nobody else you know was worth anything but it was more of an ensemble piece this mm. week so many people turned in really great performances and there were so many great lines and great character moments and stuff. 
Um, but Imran really was like the centre of attention on Monday and he completely lived up to to that and um, I was so impressed with his speech and his, oh, I loved when he got that CCTV out and Jeff was like, oh no. I know, the look on Imran's face is just brilliant. And he was it so happy and pleased with himself and I yeah. also really like the way... It's just such a shame we didn't see him on Wednesday, Friday. I like the way that um, he's probably one of the most approachable professionals because he's got self-doubt and he you see him practicing and you don't see like Dr Gaddis like with Grey's Anatomy going oh yeah I've got that bit goes there (laughs) (laughs) you know what I mean like he's a bit more human yeah um you don't get to see other people do like you see them oh I'm doing I'm at the desk I'm doing lawyer work but he was literally like practicing and you've seen him before with Ryan like oh he's bricking it you know yeah. And, and so that built to the character like and he's done good hit, like worrying because he cared so much like it wasn't just professional pride it was like I have to get this right because mm-hmm. Yasmin's life is at stake and I'm worried that I won't be able to do it oh I guess I have to give it to him now flying me four points over two weeks for him run going to be someone else next week surely <laughs> well, I've, we'll I've heard tell he's not in it see. a lot <laughs> um I think that's it then. So, um, I, I lo- uh, fairly long street talk. I think we actually ended up going further last week, to be honest. But it's late. Well, I was We've trying said not enough. to make it too long. I've, I felt that you rushing me along little bits. And, Sorry. Um, we have got news and probably a fair bit of feedback We've got to go so to, much so feedback. Let's, let's move on. Right, into the news. And I don't know whether this be a long news section or a short news section. I feel we should make it short because our news has been a little overlong for the past few weeks. And to be fair, there hasn't been a whole lot of new stuff announced this week. But we have, as we said earlier on in the episode, had plenty of other extracurricular Coronation Street related things to enjoy this week, including the 60 Unforgettable Years documentary that aired on Monday and the Queens of the Street, which was Wednesday, both of which were, what, hour and a half or so long? compilation clip shows of Coronation Street. What did you think, Gemma? I really enjoyed uh, the 60 Unforgettable Years one. I thought that was really good fun. I did as well. I, that was very long. To, to, me that, to me, that stood out more than Queens of the Street, which is a shame in a way, because Queens of the Street is one that it feels like we've heard about and we've seen coming for like over a year, maybe since it was first announced. Um, My but, problem with it was... Uh, it repeated too many things. Yeah, and I wonder Monday. if they'd have played it in the other way around, we'd have thought differently. Yeah. But I mean, there, there were some repeat, I mean, some literal talking head clips, like with um, Julie Hesmanhouse talking about an old granny wanting her and Roy to get married. They were literally just the same. But I the, don't understand how that got in. How did that get through no, people? But with these Coronation Street. They know it's the same people watching these. It's not like a different group of Coronation Street people suddenly can only watch it on a Wednesday Mm. and can't record Mondays. With these Coronation Street clip shows, you're always going to get the same kind of clips over and over again, aren't you? Well, this is what impressed me the most about the the Mondays one, was that I felt like they did more older stuff and there was stuff there that I hadn't seen in clip shows before. But yeah, you're right. Mm. Considering there are 60 years worth of things... They took a journey through the 60 years, basically, didn't they? Which means that there was going to be a lot of old stuff in there. Including, I mean, I enjoyed on on that one... um, they showed a little bit of behind-the-scenes stuff from yes. from the early years, like, here's the old set, look, it was just in the studio here, doesn't it look a bit naff, taking it down, putting it back together again. I really wish, honestly, I really wish that they would make a documentary series about Coronation Street and how it was made in the early years, because I think there's so much to say, but it's, I feel like we get the same things told to us over and over again. Yeah, 
Yeah, it, n- there wasn't a whole lot out of any of these documentaries that felt fresh and new. I appreciated Joanna Lumley's narration of the Monday one, of yes. course. Um, one thing one thing I was pleasantly surprised by was the fact that they had Brian Park on as a talking head on yeah. the Monday one. And I don't know whether I've ever seen or remember seeing him talking about his decision to come in and cull all those cast members. I thought it was also very interesting. I can't remember which producer. Who brought Hayley in? Oh, I can't remember. Oh, I don't remember who it was, but they were very honest and said, we brought her in as a comedy character, but Julie Hesmanhalsh played her. So much mm. humanity opened up new avenues, basically. Yeah, the opportunity I to develop. I think her, yeah. that there is a massive problem with people rewriting history and assigning you know, noble motivations to things they did in the past because it's not acceptable. Like, it really isn't acceptable to introduce a trans character as a as a comedic, you know, no. bit anymore. But it was back... It, I'm sorry, but it was back in the day when they did that. It would have been totally acceptable for them, you know, socially acceptable, for them to have said, let's bring this in for a bit of a laugh. And he admitted that's what they did. And I honestly found that refreshing that he said that. Mm. And I've said this before. I'm never going to hold it against people for having an opinion which is wrong if they if they then come to you know and yeah, I'm very privileged nice. to be able to say that because it doesn't really affect me mm. so I understand I'm coming at that from a place of privilege but at the same time you're never going to get people to change their minds yeah. if you berate them about yeah. stuff no I enjoyed them both um I, I, I all I mean I'll never get tired of saying you know Jack's death I'll never get tired of seeing the woman, Stanley woman, thank goodness, though, because as you pointed out in a tweet at one point, you must have heard it six or seven times over the course of the week. Yep. Um, But they they were good. You maybe didn't need both of them. Possibly if they'd have swapped one of them around with the the soapy slip-ups from a few weeks ago and had that instead. Um, But but, oh well, it It was was nice. It was two quite big, heavy documentaries that covered the same topics, and I think they thought they... They, maybe they differentiated them a bit in the when they pitched them originally to whoever made them, but the end result was kind of similar. Yeah, because the one that was 60 and forgettable years was naturally going to focus more on the women anyway, because yeah. Coronation Street is about the strong women. Yeah. So anyway, that was good. There was They've also showed a load of um, old episodes on ITV3, like Vintage Vintage episodes over this week, which we haven't been able to watch. There's, as I said before, there's so much that we haven't seen this week. But what we absolutely had to tune into on Wednesday was the new episode of Corrie Good News. Yeah. Hi- half an hour long oh my god wasn't that brilliant and they timed it so you literally you had to press play as soon as the first as soon as the coronation street ended and then it finished just in time for queens of the street so it was literally it was the whole thing was like 33 minutes long it's yeah. like you guys know oh i <laughs> that love half that an show hour. so much colson was as wonderful as ever they had some great little bits can inside. i just say he's muscling in on our gig though by interviewing coronation street people but that's how it started wasn't it it was an interview yeah with that's how him, it starts Sarah, it starts with them uh, you know encroaching a little bit Shelley. and the next thing you know He'll be co-hosting and asking you questions and I'll be just putting my feet up somewhere. Well, at the time I was wondering about um, what are they going to do about the fact that number six was supposedly burnt down in this interview. I don't know when it was filmed exactly, but obviously so a very pristine Yasmin's lounge there. So I oh. think we're supposed to think that maybe the fire damage isn't quite so bad. Oh, that, that kind of disappoints me. But I don't want it to change, so I like that. Well, I like, I like. Well, you know that she decorated it nicely. Yeah. Well, so there was a quiz that, oh, which that had quiz. Um, Charlie DeMello, Georgia Taylor, Ryan Press, 
No. No, no. Uh, um, it was Jack, Jack Sh- B. Shepard yeah. and uh, Julia Gould yeah. and, and also Peter Ash and, and Dan Brocklebank. That's it, so, it's so it was like couples, yeah. Yeah. We'd we'd heard snippets of about this Charlie. a few weeks ago. Charlie and Georgia had told us we we filmed a quiz thing, you'll find out what it is. But I didn't even think I realised until literally Wednesday morning, hang on a minute, that's probably for Corrie Good News. And it was so funny. Um it was just general Corrie quiz, isn't it? I tell you what, Georgia did quite well. Georgia did great. And yeah, well done, Georgia. I'll tell you who host did. Jack Free Shepherd, of course. Julia did really Julia well, Julia knows actually. her stuff. Julia was, like, really proud of herself. Yeah, oh. yeah. Well, she's, she's done the uh, Corey versus Emmerdale quiz once or twice as well, hasn't Julia? We've got to call out the worst one. Daniel Brocklebank. Did, what did he, did he only get one? Yeah. That's shocking. Listen, when you're in it, you don't need to watch it. He's been in it long enough to be able to pick up a few things, but... Um, Never mind. Yeah, old Charlie Boy managed, what, two or so, Don't didn't call he? him Charlie Boy, that's rude. Right, <laughs> He's that's, not even sharper than woman, new, Stanley this Woman. This is the new section. No, but I want to say, uh, but, uh, my, my absolute favourite bit of that was Ali Mardell. She made the, the show for me on the, on the Curry Good News because they had her dress up as a load of classic Corrie Sirens from across the year, didn't she's, they? She's well, under the yeah she was Elsie Tanner, Tanner she was Hilda she was Bet, she was Liz yeah and then she was Emma. herself yeah that was brilliant and, and I, I don't know what I'm what sure she played... is on but she is so infectiously wonderfully cutely amazingly brilliant I just adore the pants off of her then we had fan dress up where um, Sally Ann Matthews had to judge oh yeah who was showing? Oh, Colson was showing her pictures, and the yeah. winner was somebody who dressed up as Raquel with like a pair of trousers on their head for her. Yeah, but props to the person that dressed up as Dirk. And he, yes. and he was doing that. He was doing that. There, there's not many pictures of Dirk out there on the internet, even though he pops up in the background of quite He's a few. A if you if you do a Google image search of Dirk, you're gonna you're gonna get you know one of two or three pictures, aren't you? Um, but that was fun. But I also love 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 the big trailer of big moments. There's like three or four minutes worth of here's some classic Coronation Street clips, and that was wonderful at the end. I absolutely loved that. So well done to everybody involved. Thank you so much for making Please Corrie good news. Please bring it back again next bring year. Bring it back. Bring it back. I know. Look, we don't need Craig in the show. Just make Colson the presenter. He was. He was. Oh, he was so news. good. He was a great interviewer right. as well. Next race to the Rovers on Sunday. Um, the di- the digital Corrie team put together a, <laughs> a really fun hours worth of escape room shenanigans outside in the on the street. Freezing um, cold. You could tell that nothing was going to get demolished because they filmed this weeks after the, the events of the 60th and showed you all of the other side well, of the at street. The, at that point, don't forget, we were still under the impression that those bulldozers that were coming on the 60th were going to be to take down the maisonettes. We had no idea that it was actually the brewery that yeah. they were gunning for. So we were like, oh, they did the- Um So we had Julie Goulding. Ryan um, Russell. Uh, Molly Gallagher yes. and uh, Mikey North. Yeah, Molly Gallagher started. Mikey North was last. Um, and and um, it, they basically like had to work st- like work stuff out and got we gave I don't know they just had little crystal maze like challenges yeah, didn't they? it was like crystal maze and like Molly's first task was she had to work out a little riddle which has something to do with seven and then had, she had pictures of all of a load of curry casts and she had to work out which was a seventh one of them when to come in the programme the... and that would give her a code to get inside yeah. a padlock and inside the padlock there was magnet and you know that kind of thing. Yeah. It was like an escape It room. was a bit excruciating when the person didn't know what they were supposed to be doing next or when the game didn't work and we kept so we had Ben is it Ben Shires yes. was presenting and he was dressed up like a really cool um, detective. <laughs> what detective you said. I, I told him that and he thought it was quite good and um, 
we had Jason Manford who was stuck in the Rovers and he was reading out tweets and you know, oh, talking yeah, we about got how one. he was stuck in Head there. Out. It was weird though because at one point when you, you had to like, when you got your key or something or you had to run when you, you finished your bit. You had to get a bit, pie, didn't you? You had Everyone to post it through the letterbox of the Rovers and distinctly heard a woman's voice from the Rovers going, help, help, I'm stuck, like as a joke, but it came through on the on the audio. I don't know who that was, but it was really that. funny. Um, Ryan Russell was, was great. Everyone was Ryan cute Russell and hilarious. Ryan Russell is such an entertainer. Oh, he's brilliant. He's so underrated. So anyway, that was really good fun. That was an interactive thing. And we could, you could hashtag Corrie Help or Corrie Hinder. Oh, yeah, and everybody... everybody picked help apart from for Mikey Dorr. Well, I think that the, um, the presenters on the going, screen were really boring. trying to entice us. To, but I'm surprised that we didn't get hindered for everything. But for the last one, it was still pretty close. But we made sure we did plenty of Corrie Hinders for yes. evil Gary Windass. So we? in the end, Great they event. managed Thank you to very get much, Corrie Jason digital team for putting it on. Manford out of his... Didn't need to do there. that. It was a really great idea. Yeah. Um, loved it. And if you, if you haven't, if you didn't see it, you can still catch it up on, um, on Catch Up. It's on if YouTube you like as well, isn't it? sort of thing. Yeah, yeah, sorry, that's what I mean. Over on YouTube. It's, it's over there so well done to them I enjoyed that nice way to celebrate the 60th a little bit early um, Curry has been winning some more awards recently this week we had the announcements of the iTalk Telly Awards and what is Curry... that? it sounds like a podcast I don't know um, <laughs> we shouldn't promote it yeah, I don't think it's a podcast I don't think it is it sounds like you, what you would call a podcast about television well it's got, it's fairly important because I think they had little video clips of the winners saying thank you very much for my award and we don't do that we don't have that with our conversation you know awards and we've been going probably... for this is going to be the ninth conversation awards coming soon next week everybody is when we announce the nominees for our conversation street awards which we still haven't finalised because we were waiting for this week to be over and I think some of what happened in this week is going to make it on the list um, but Gareth Pierce has won Best Soap Newcomer uh, for his role as Todd Grimshaw, which is pretty good considering he had um, a lot to live up to following Bruno Langley and he's only been in it for a little bit, so good job him. Best Soap Performance went to Jane Danson. I think that's very much deserved. She's been awesome this year and um, obviously fresh in people's minds with all the dramatic stuff with Ollie's death. And then Best Soap Partnership went to Shelley King and Ian Bartholomew. And that's not people supporting coercive control relationship but the fact that they thought that those two actors um sparked off each other quite well off screen which is still kind of interesting because up until may they had quite a lot of scenes together but for the past you know seven or eight months they've not been in any scenes together at all until this week but um i think it's no surprise because that storyline really has captured the nation's interests so well done to them Weirdly, EastEnders won Best Soap. Don't really know why it wasn't Coronation Street and they didn't just get four for four, but what are you going to do? Gemma, what do you want to tell me about the next news? I'm just drawing you back in because I think I'd, I'd been speaking too much recently. Um, well, you mentioned EastEnders and I just wanted to say... Um, oh, EastEnders, they had bad news today. That Barbara Windsor died and it's very, very sad. She yes. has been a massive part of British TV culture. And film for the carry ons for years and years, and she she's a massive part, you know, massive name in in EastEnders, and it's really really sad that she passed away today. So I mean, I I don't watch EastEnders. I never have. I don't know anything about it particularly. But if you were to say to me, name me an EastEnders actor or actress, or name me a character, then that character's the one I'm going to go for. She was, she's basically the Bet Lynch of of EastEnders, isn't she? 
Yeah. So and and we've been hearing about her declining health and didn't she have um, Alzheimer's. Alzheimer's and there's been some horrible tragic stories hitting the news sporadically over the last few years from her uh, poor husband um, and yeah that was the news that broke last night yeah so, that's really sad and also our friends at the Wolford Weekly podcast um, have done a tribute episode um, which you might like to listen to if you would to celebrate her life oh let's get on to happier things coronation so, street's got a new thing, sponsor Gemma. yes they've got a new sponsor i mentioned it earlier it start they start in um in early 2021 which mm-hmm. is apparently the next year but who knows what will happen when the clock strikes 12 <laughs> maybe it's gonna go backwards it might do, just do we've it had all such again. bad luck this year that would probably not surprise anybody um argos which if you don't live in the uk you will perhaps not know what argos is it is a what would you how would you describe it it's like a catalogue shop ca- yeah catalogue shop so there's nothing have anything on display well, in bit. there and you go in and you t- type in a number the catalogue that you in the catalogue. Yeah, you go in there, there's some catalogues on the stand. And there's like a counter and you say, I want number 34 and 182. And then they press a button and then mysterious people downstairs put it on a conveyor belt and you get take it home. It's quite magical. Yeah. It used to be a massive part of my childhood. I think everyone's childhood because they were like, the, the Argos catalogue's coming out for Christmas. What are you going to circle and yeah. not get? Um, so the, their sponsorship will include product placement and off air activations, which sounds like they're going to realign someone's chakra some or something. So are they going to have people on Coronation Street saying, I'm off to Argos, or are they going to have a little Argos put in? They'll have the, Argos bags. On... Oh, They'll yeah, have them I suppose using, yeah. They might have them using a product that Argos is trying to sell. But the thing is, meerkats could never do this because compare them the meerkats were part of compare the market which is an insurance sales aggregate site aside from the indents there was no indication on coronation street that compare the market sponsored um coronation street so you wouldn't know about it if you lived in canada or america or australia or whatever but you probably will notice that argos is a sponsor from next year well i would say that the co-op and the costa is very noticeable i mean i remember when they said that they were going to have a presence on the show when they opened the victoria street and we thought oh that'll make it feel a bit normal it'll make it feel real life but actually uh, it does stand out quite a bit it's because it's like this is one of the two brands that we're allowed to mention yeah it is and and when i think back to some of the early quarries like looking back you know in the better buy scenes in the 90s or even like because the corner shop seemed to feature more prominently back in the 90s you got to see a wider range of real life brands there and now you got your kenner's chocolate and your you know, you, I can't remember anything of any other Weatherfield-only brands that they show on the show. But, yeah, look, look out for the Argos bags, but you probably won't have to look very hard because they'll probably be shoving it in our faces. But I am, as uh, of course, quite excited to see what the idents are like because I I, funny. meerkat ones were just amazing. That Let's face it, they're not going to be as funny as those, although well, I know some listeners actually hate them. You found an old Argos advert from 2013 which was a spoof of coronation street it wasn't it wasn't sponsored in any way or linked to coronation street it was literally we're going to do a series of adverts which are based on genres of film and television and and soaps a a slash cory was one of some gossiping kids around the table that was wearing their heads and their hair and hairnets and things 
Um, so that was quite fun. It might be a little taster of what it, what's to come, but it it we we were huge huge fans of the meerkats, and it's not going to top that. There is absolutely no way it will. The the Cadbury's ones were just nice and kind of homely, and the worst one was that boring. The furniture. Harvey's furniture was awful. It's just and, a lady walking that... through a room of furniture. Well, as you start, it's people kind of having fake fun. It was, it was. There was no real. I humor love in this it. sofa, and I, I kind of get the feeling that the Argos Idents might be sitting around there, but you never know. It's we haven't got long to wait. Three weeks maybe, and then they'll be on our screens. And I'll then tell we can you one judge thing: judge and criticize as much as we like. The other day, when I realised they had stopped the meerkats and there was no replacement, I actually started getting really stressed, and I was like, "Oh no." What if we don't get a sponsor? What, I know. what will happen? So um, I'm worried about this. I wonder what the pictures. I'm like, wait a minute. What am I saying? We for what do? I, it was part of the Curry team now, Gemma. No, but I was getting really invested in it. I was like, oh no, we're gonna. What's gonna? We need the money coming. I was like, no, you don't. Just watch the TV <laughs> program. You're not responsible for corporate sponsorship. Well, what I've been finding with them not having any um, idents has been when we've been fast forwarding the adverts. Wait, the meerkats are there to yeah. remind you. Press play now, Traitors. please. And we've been going too far in them about to wheel around back and they've so it's also been a just real got, hassle they've got random adverts in the middle and you're like oh correct no uh. yeah um, anyway, so, enough, anyway of that. enough of that let's look out for that um, finally ish we've got um, a little reminder that you can now go over to the Willowwood Hospice website and um, pay to download or stream the videos that have been put together by Mark Llewellyn. We had him on the podcast a few weeks ago when he was introducing the um, Julie Goodyear jewellery auctions. But these videos that feature um, Corrie names like Amanda Barry, Sally Ann Matthews, Adam Blees, um, Julie Hesman Halge, as well as Mark talking about Coronation Street and he knows his stuff and he's you know, he's has been in the past well in there with a lot of Coronation Street actors and he does tours for Canadian yes, tour guides and, and and part of the video is him showing various filming locations and also it's got a little bit from me in there as well a little video insert you can now go and buy that there's two um, episodes of this on the cobbles they're hour and 15 hour and 20 or so long each um, you can buy them both for £10 or altogether, or so individually for ten pounds, or altogether for fifteen pounds, and of course all the money that you pay goes to the very, very good cause of Willowwood Hospice, which is dear to the heart of a number of ex Coronation Street um, actors and probably current as well. But, very but Roy Barraclough was a patron of them, and yes. I think Julie Goodyear is too. We haven't been able to watch yet. We've started, but because this week has been so, so, so busy. Well, it's a treat. We're to. saving up. We're gonna, well, exactly. It's, it's, like it's a treat. We're going to watch it over the weekend. I'm looking forward to it. Also, don't forget as well, and I haven't written this in the notes, but it's just popped into my head. Tuesday is the launch day of the Coronation Street game app oh, thing. Coronation much, Street words much. and design. I, I'm really interested to find out what that's like. I'm definitely going to give it a go. I might spend a little bit of money on it. No. Just to see. Yeah, I might do for the sake of the podcast. No. You can't tell me what I can spend my money on. I will if I want to. <laughs> to get some gems or whatever it is that you get on these free-to-play games. You complain, you complain to me for buying gems in real life, but at least I can sell those when we're poor. <laughs> You're going to sell your... Like, I bought this Ken Barlow rug. You're going to sell this on yeah, eBay. Yeah. I'm like, li- I am looking rough. forward to giving it a go, but I mean, I just hope that I've got some time to play it because if next week's anything like the last few weeks, um, I'm not going to be getting very far in that next week. We've also done, we've managed to watch like one episode from the 90s since our, since been finishing the 80s. So busy, it's not even it been 
unbelievable how yeah. frantic and busy our life is when we have not even put up the Christmas tree yet everybody I don't I'm not putting that Christmas tree out this year I thought you wanted to do it this weekend no I'm not doing it can't be bothered oh that's tragic yeah oh can you just like listeners can you um, film yourselves singing Christmas carols and and no we'll miserable. play that for ourselves no. cheer up my my humbuggish wife no can't be bothered oh bar humbug band Christmas that's sad can we do feedback we please? can do feedback here it comes Right, we have got some feedback. We've got loads of feedback. We're, we're ha- going to have to be very... We're going to have to pick and choose with what I'm we really read out I'm really sorry, people. There are going to be going to be people that have written in that we don't read out. I sat there for an hour today, went through feedback from the lo- last week, and we really... We, we've got to cover this week. Especially with some of the big twists and developments yeah. with what's happened So here. I'm sorry if you we sent will... stuff through. We, you know we love you, and we will read it. We'll read feedback... From you in future. Uh, at a later date. <laughs> um, I, I do want to start off, as always, with the average score in the Facebook group for last week, and we went really high this last week. Crazy. This has gone super high score. Average score for last week's episodes, 4.43 out of 5. So we had an awful lot of 4.5s um, yeah. there last week, coupled below, but also a couple of 5s as well. So that's definitely one of our highest scoring weeks ever. I'm really, really curious to find out whether this week beats it because I, I, I gave it a four, you gave it a 4.5. I'm thinking it might skew lower this I week. I think you were kind of right when you were talking about scoring it, like the anticipation might play against it. Mm. Mm. Um, Robin was one of the people that scored last week on Facebook. He gave it four discounted houses in Hale Barnes out of five, whilst Rebecca um, opted for four and a half stolen windmills out of five. <laughs> the yellow windows. I know, that never really came up, but like Tracy did rob those dead child windmills from someone's <laughs> garden. Um, Chris was my pick of the week this week, and he scored at four and a half poles pools sorry with retractable roofs like they have in Wimbledon out of five so thank you every single person that voted in the poll this week and don't forget to do it for this week's episodes I'm really interested to find out what you thought Gemma right so I I decided the best way to do this was to ask people on Facebook to to collate their views in a couple of sentences just keep it concise I said don't write too much I, I pleaded and did anyone listen to me? Like one or two, maybe get gold stars, but everybody else wrote an essay. <laughs> but I will read out a few of the of the messages. So Paul Burns wrote a really funny um, post I wanted to read. 60th anniversary episode, the top five characters. Oh yeah, that was great. Number one, Emily the chicken. Imagine being in that tiny coop and watching your feathery sister plucked literally from you, killed and chucked in the oven. Then imagine walking into a burning house and seeing your owner chased up the stairs by a lunatic hospital radio DJ. Now imagine the glee of finding that lunatic dead on the ground and seizing the perfect opportunity to crap on his face. Chickens rule and Emily is their queen. Number two, Alia. No one knew Alia was a secret member of the X-Men. She has many powers. She has an unbreakable skull that can shrug off a whack from a cash box. She is fireproof and can easily walk through a burning house. Either that or she can teleport. Unfortunately, Alia is also the stupidest person on the street. She goes a lunatic in a dark building with no witnesses, then walks into a burning house. Maybe if you have superpowers, you don't really need brains. A bit like the script writers sometimes. Oh, gosh. It's so catty, I love it. Three, Dev, he found a drum. He banged it for no reason whatsoever. Classic Dev. (laughs) (laughs) Number four, Yasmin, the cat's backside comment. 
legendary. And what did she say? She was she comparing said, his your, mouth. Your mouth is like a cat's backside. That, that reminds me a bit of, um, what is it, George's Marvelous Medicine, where grandma's got a face like a puckered up dog's bottom. <laughs> Final one. Number five, Sam. Only chickens run away. Try telling that to Emily, Sam. That's why she's four places above you. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> that so is a great right. post. Thank you, Paul. Um, Adios. Adrian says, I'm wondering if I missed an opening scene where all the characters arrived outside the brewery by walking through a large wardrobe. Pat said, it seems implausible that Alia would recover from her beating and kicking, go directly to Jess, get in through the locked doors, walk through the fire, go immediately to the roof. So I had an interlude of thinking she was Yasmin's hallucination or even a ghost. Oh, yeah, that was a theory. That, that was a was popular that, theory yeah. for, for a little while. And I th- Is Alia actually there? Did anybody actually speak to Alia? That Did would have just been good. Jeff? Is he imagining her there? That was before someone pointed out that she whacked Jeff with a fire extinguisher. So I'm back to complaining that her appearance seems unlikely. Other than that, I love the anniversary episodes, especially Jeff landing among the chickens. Navdeep says, very eventful week. Delighted that evil Jeff finally got his comeuppance. But the most amazing thing was Alia ending up on the roof. She's clearly Corey's version of Superwoman. Watch out, future Corey villains. You can't Don't defeat the magnetic powers of this caped crusader. Don't tell her that. She's already got a superiority complex as it is, Alia. A lot of people, people did not like this. Uh, Alia appearing... She, Christina says I enjoyed it but I couldn't get past how Alia ended up on the roof I could have done without Peter and Carla's storyline I was expecting a bigger reaction to the residents finding out Debbie is Ray's business partner mm. loved chickens pecking around Jeff Friday's episode was the best of the week in my opinion Joni loved Be- Imran's scathing cross-examination of Jeff he was so masterful at catching Jeff out and nailing the lid on the coffin of his alibi second best was Yasmin standing up to Jeff even though she was terrified Nancy says, fabulous week. Loved Alia and Yasmin and all of the specials. Four and a half hot hot pots out of five. Character of the week is Yasmin. Oh, we had a hot pot on Wednesday night, didn't we? Yes, we As is the tradition, we had a hot pot for the 50th. We had a hot pot for the 60th. Guess what we're having for the 70th, everyone? Uh, uh, Manchester tart. (laughs) In the face. Eccles cake. Chris says, I'm glad it's all over, but I didn't hate the ending, but... What during those long months watching Yasmin being tortured, I tell myself it would all be worth it once the community learned the truth and Jeff was publicly shamed. Yes, I'm that petty. He managed to avoid that. I'm sure the story will out, but Jeff will not have to answer for anything. That's that's what I'm saying. Teflon, Jeff, indeed. Everything else was just filler to me this week. He's he's got the easy way out in inverted commas. Well, Abby agrees. I feel cheated by Jeff's end. It was gripping eye candy, but a quick death was much easier than the psychological consequences of a trial in prison and didn't balance the months of terror he imposed. Likewise, for Ray and Debbie, getting off with scorn isn't quite enough. And what about Gary? But I'm very happy Yasmin was acquitted and love Amra, Imran and Alia. Don't get to say that often. Liam wrote, writing this during the first ad break of Friday's Corrie, so not quite the end of the week yet. Good, quite a good anniversary week all in all but I found the anniversary episode itself a bit anticlimactic with the build up and the fallout making for much better episodes it was mainly the save our street stuff that was disappointing as it looked much more was going to be made of it but I'm sure Ray's not quite finished just yet the climax of Jeff and Yasmin's story however was excellent with great acting all around I was happy with Jeff's exit it was just natural justice in the end considering what a horrible man he'd been all his life I even found the revelation of the truth about Adam and Carla and the fallout from that exciting due to the repercussions it has for the whole Barlow family and it feels right that they're a central part of the week considering the Barlows have featured in the street from the very beginning if I had to score this week I'd give it four and a half out of five Shauna says Monday's episode was fantastic however by Friday I began to lose interest in Yasmin and Jeff contrary to popular and contrary to popular opinions you want to hear this what she preferred Did the she hate Imran's speech? She preferred the colour and Peter bits. Sorry, everyone. 
As others have said, I See, that's why it. they do it, don't they? Some people, like, they, you know, you can't please everybody. No. Someone's going to love can... something. Yeah. Otherwise... As others have said, I feel a bit cheated I'm by tired. Jeff's death. Love seeing Ken and Rita, though. Ronnie gave it four and a half Tasty Times New Romans out of five. <laughs> Rebecca, Mondays was the best episode of the week. Loved Imran and Jeff. Loved the community spirit of the cobbles. Wednesday and Friday, loved all the Jeff and Yasmin stuff, especially Friday. Shelley King broke me. I knew Yasmin would torture herself. She, he's still got a drip grip over her. The doll scared the hell out of me. I didn't want Jeff to die, but I've made my peace with it. Elaine was great. Really hoping she stays as a recurring character. Sally was fantastic and Tim was great too. Sorry, Gemma. Save the Buildings was probably the biggest letdown, although I did enjoy Abby driving the bulldozer. What did you think of Tim this week? Did you have any sympathy for him? Yeah, I think I said that. Did you? Yeah. I've forgotten. Um, on Twitter. Okay. <laughs> Robin has said, Wednesday was dreadful, Monday and Friday were brilliant. Love a twist. Dreadful for Wednesday. It was not that um, bad. Sophie's one says, what an exciting week of Corrie. Enjoyed watching it. Um, reeling from the fact Adam has been attacked, I hope he doesn't die. She gave it five. Mary Vuvuzelas out of five. Lee says, "How do you sum up sixty years of storytelling? You don't. You just give fans a week to, of fantastic episodes and remind everyone why you've lasted this long. Excellent week. Um, I'm, I can't read all of this. Andrew said um, uh, he gave it four and a half out of five. <laughs> Sorry, Andrew. Um, he thinks it was Simon." Uh, Joe says, what a brilliant week. Five I'm, seeing, five. I'm seeing lots of people saying Simon because we've got a poll running on the moment on Twitter, haven't we? And we've had like, over a thousand people voting on who they think was responsible for Adam's attack and um, something else because you can only yeah. have four things on a yeah. Twitter poll. Someone else is by far beating. Who else did you have? Peter, Gary. I don't remember. Um, Carla, maybe. And, and lots of people are commenting underneath Simon. So, um, yeah, keep an eye out there. Joe also says that she... Uh, thought uh friday's episode was better than wednesday's um and some great brilliant one-liners sally saying i've got that i've got my slippers on and adam saying i bet you used the emoji with a monocle was the best <laughs> hill says money was brilliant um we've got so many comments spoiled. on this i haven't i want to read this properly later uh she's ex- excited for next week um she <laughs> says sorry my comment was too long here's a summary brilliant episodes i'm gonna summarize your summary joe Ian, four and a half out of five Michael Dodson correct quiz questions, was let down by the anniversary date episode, which was bland, apparently. Um, Adrian says again, Friday was a huge improvement on Wednesday. Fiona says, Monday was okay, Wednesday was disappointing, Friday was better than Monday, we're nearly there, people. Pete said, overall, great, but uh, on balance, great week, easily four out of five, wrapped up Jeff and Yaz's story so well. Um, I don't get the perpetual moaners. If it makes you unhappy, just stop. He says. No. <laughs> we love moaning. Did you say did somebody score it out of Michael Dodson correct quiz questions there? Yeah, Ian. Oh. That Distinct Nostalgia podcast is definitely out now. So I think when we finish listening to this, I might go and have a little listen and see just how much David beat me by. I'm still assuming he did. Congratulations, David, if that's true. Um, and if, if not, commiserations that your questions are even trickier than mine. Um, can I just read some of this um, email that we've come that we've had in from George, um, George Hand? He said um, Monday show he gave an out of eight out of five no eight point five out of ten, saying the opening moments were brilliant in how hearing Imran's speech whilst the cross shooting to other storylines that are happening on the street. Although it would have been nice to see Jeff's reaction to that speech. Wednesday he gave it six and a half out of ten. Uh, oh, wow. Friday. 
four out of ten. Wow, yeah. normally for me, Fridays try to salvage from the wreckage that is Wednesday, but what with the Peter Kyler Adam fling being the main focus of the night, it unfortunately saw marks go down, not up, as Adam needs reminding it takes two to tango, and Kyler should not be the sole person to take the blame. Overall thoughts from George from the week, whilst there were plenty of fireworks, it still, to me, felt like just another normal week of Corrie, with Monday starting strong, then dipping downhill Wednesday, with Friday trying to scrape through, although most of the characters put on a brilliant display. I did feel that Jeff's demise was a bit of a cop-out, as I felt that death would probably be how he would meet his end. It it, it mm. does seem like the general consensus is that Monday's was the strongest, which yeah. you wouldn't expect because it was all about, you know, the diggers, the protests, the community. It was good old-fashioned character work. The and stunt. Corey really has built its reputation on that, so... And and the script, wasn't it? Yeah. Every, all, all of Emran's stuff. And... and yeah, exactly. Uh, and Jeff, it's just really, really tight script on Monday's episode, and it, that goes a long way. Um, Fangirl Overload123 has sent in her feedback to our Instagram. Um, she, um, I'm just trying to summarise it quickly. Just uh, read it out, it's fine. We're only, we're only 12 and a half minutes into right. feedback. The week got better as the day's been on. Yasmin was not guilty. Jeff should have known he wouldn't survive falling off the roof. He isn't John Stape. But I hope we won't have to do the whole trial thing again. See, this is what I said. I thought Leanne was saying France because it is often the case when a character has a harrowing issue-based story. The Carla Peter Adam story seemed to be a run-of-the-mill affair story and basically dragged the week down until tonight. I don't think Sarah or Peter had it in them to kill Adam and it would be illogical for Carla to be the culprit. Therefore, it's most likely Gary. But remember how Frank's murderer was Anne all along despite her not being an official suspect. Maybe the real culprit was Simon. There we go. Now that Kevin knows about Debbie, it will be harder for Ray to get inside info on the street. Hmm. Also, I was not just expecting the Faye angle to take that turn. Gary's not happy, and I would not like to be Ray when the two come face to face again. Finally, it was good to see Ken and Rita, but I was kind of surprised and disappointed at the lack of nostalgia. I fully expected them to throw around old names like Ina, Betts, Dan, Hilda, Jack, Vera, etc. I know it's kind of unrealistic for some to say, I had a neighbour called Elsie Tanner. I know she hasn't lived here since the 80s, but it's the 60th and we kind of have to mention her. But neither is much else that happens on Corey, so why was this different? I suppose they, they had that in the 10,000th episode, didn't they? That was all about looking back and remembering <laughs> and, yeah, chucking names about willy-nilly. Yeah, I know. They, there's only and maybe so if much... they hadn't had that, they, they would have included more and the, of it here. The thing is, it always happens in the same way. When they do it, they always go, oh, it reminds me of something that happened 25 years ago. You know, they never say... Like, it used to be, like, 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 what was that thing where they found that letter? Who found that letter and... Who? You know what I mean? There have been bits where people have found something that was written by somebody else or... And it actually, like, does something to the plot. Sometimes it feels a little bit too forced. Like, now I'm going to have the bit where this character's talk about old characters yeah. just to make the, the long-term viewers That's what go, I mean. oh, I remember it nev- that. It's never like... It's always, oh, that reminds me of something Elsie Tanner would have said. Who's Elsie Tanner? Oh, you wouldn't have known her, but she used to be a right she, firebrand in her day. Yeah. She is always shagging GIs. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> um, she says... Um, oh, sorry, I didn't realise Character of the week is finished. Ray, and I give it four local history mobs out of five. <laughs> I like that one. Feeling quite proud because I successfully converted a friend into a Cory fan this oh, week. Oh, well done. Next job, into a Conversation Street fan, please. Yes, please. And she also says, I played a game where you have to think of a Corrie character whose name begins with every letter of the alphabet. But Q was the only letter I couldn't think of. Can you think of one for Q? 
Um, Quentin. Yeah, I mean, how many names are that begin with Q? There's, there's not many, is there? I think I'd have to go to Coropedia for that. Maybe I know, there's I'm some just listeners. Like... I'm just trying to fill some dead air with my thoughts, but um, no. I, I've got no idea. No, can't help you, unfortunately. How about quiz show host from that episode when Stephen oh, yes. McDonald's went on to the Top of the Tree programme. Did he have a name? If not, quiz show host why not, is my why character. Why wasn't his name Gary Quizzer? <laughs> um, right, we are done, I think, Gemma. While you desperately try and look on the I iPad to find Coronation Street characters starting with a Q, I'm going to say thank it you very much to Jack, who has become our latest Patreon of Conversation Street. And um, if you would like to join him in being a patron, this month is especially good job, a good time to do it because every every penny or cent or whatever you want to donate in that we um, raise through our patron in December will be going to Women's Aid and the Lily Foundation. So do um, dig deep and sign up. And not only do you get the warm, fuzzy feeling of donating to charity, that if you'll be able to um, know that you're supporting the podcast and you get some lovely emails from us and uh, early access to interviews although I don't know whether we get any coming up um, notes from the podcast and um, a few at the top level then lovely mugs as well oh we're on a new I just I wonder whether oh I think I may be due to say, send out a few more mugs this month I just realised I need Christmas to look that up this mugs, need Christmas to look that mugs. up this month I think some people are owed some right that's it for another podcast I don't podcast. know about the, a queue the anniversary week is over We've still got, I mean, we've got two weeks till Christmas week, which is obviously going to be huge. And I only just realised a few <gasps> days ago, what? I just thought of a really obvious one that begins with Q. Oh. Quinny! Oh, Quinny! <laughs> Quinny, you're right. Yay! How could we forget Quinny? Well done, Gemma. Yay! You did it, you did it. There you go, fangirl over Lord 123. Um, and also just quickly. Quickly, yeah. Um... We've got, we've got, yeah, Christmas Sorry. coming up in a couple of weeks. That's going to be big. I oh, know. I was saying, I only just realised the other day that Christmas Day is actually a Friday yes. this year. So I've got no idea what our recording schedule is going to be looking like. I remember last year I, I'd put together by this point a really complex recording We're schedule. We're really up against We have got, you know, we are no firm plans for anything also, over the next few weeks and I just need know that I need to get the Conversation Street Awards sorted by this time next week. We're just going to be a bit of an ask. Mm-hmm. But we're already late with those, so look out for them in a week's time. I hope everybody had a very happy anniversary week, whether you were a bit disappointed by some of the bits. I hope you still enjoyed it overall. I hope and you found something I hope to you like. Enjoyed, um, I think the thing I've enjoyed the most this week has really been being on Twitter with everybody celebrating and talking about how much they love Coronation Street. Yeah, being and part being of the Corrie part, fan community yeah. has just been wonderful this it really, week. I've said, I've said time and time again about how much I think that Coronation Street brings people together and what an important um, thing, it, you know, how the community is an important part of it for me. And this week more than any other has proven that that is totally true. Everyone's really nice. And it's so much fun to talk about Coronation Street with you guys. And yeah. thank you, everybody, for contributing to the podcast, whether you do that by just liking and retweeting or following us or listening to us or writing in or um, sponsoring us on Patreon or watching our YouTube videos. Just thank you to everybody. Just telling people about us. And it's let's hope good. we're around for many, many more years of Coronation Street and Conversation Street to come. That sounds like a very nice ending to the podcast, oh, Gemma. Oh, we've got to but something to you. I just wanted to add, I forgot to mention. <laughs> no, I was really 
really proud of myself. That was like a that was like an off the cuff speech that somebody does at a wedding in Coronation it, Street. Where it they totally prepared. was. I didn't even have notes. That just came <laughs> from my heart. I wanted to mention the end of the sixty for sixty this week, oh. which has been a fantastic project that the digital team at Coronation yes. Street have been putting together for the past yes, two months. Yes, thank you so much. Daily, um, where various charities and celebrities and fans and whatever have put a little video on um, on the Coronation Street social media channels every morning at seven o'clock and it's been a bit sad the last couple of days and I because I was at school I get into school make a cup of tea go into my classroom sit down it's about seven o'clock by then and not been able to do it anymore but I did very much enjoy seeing um, the William Roach and Barbara Knox videos that came out on Tuesday and Wednesday respectively this week Barbara Knox flagrantly flouting the 30 second limit that I we were given when we this, had to do our 60 for 60 this woman to stand there Flicking her head backwards and forwards for four <laughs> minutes straight. I'm surprised That's that she didn't... That's all I can didn't... see. Did anyone else get distracted by that? The fact that she was looking forward, then she looked to the side, they're looking forward, and the, and the cameras were just like switching, 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 switching. I just imagine she went in there, right, to do the speech, and she went, which cameras? Is it that one and that one? And everyone was too terrified to tell her it was only just one camera. <laughs> they're like, right, turn the other one on. Fire it up. <laughs> Anyway, that was all great. So thank you, everybody, who put that together. Lovely stuff. Oh, it was so, it's so nice. I feel bereft. Do you? I think that the thing is, this is the 60th year now. This should be a year of celebration. We should be able to milk this for another year. But I feel like it's all over oh, now. Can you We've imagine that by the time it's the 70th, to to. we're going to be like nearly 50? Do you know what? I added it. I think... Not that that's old to our 50-year-old listeners, of course. Listen. Glamorous. Gemma's still will be. It's as young as you ever be when you get to 50. Um... <laughs> I was adding up, like, because I think the seventy fifth. I think the seventieth is not going to be as big as the seventy fifth. I think they might what rain do you in. And I was adding up. Well, how old will we be on the, for the seventy fifth? A fifth, and it ain't good news. You don't want to know. Okay, never mind. It's fine. Um, thank you very much, Sally Denver, for coming on the podcast as well this week. I have to say, I'm sure you're not listening to this bit, Sally, but um, I was very pleased. You are really going on now. Oh, yeah, thank you very much. It was lovely. And we also and have to all say, of our other special Coronation Street guests who come onto the podcast this year, like Kevin Kennedy, Simon Arnold. Yes, but it's not the end of the year yet. I, I don't think we're going to get anyone else in the next three weeks. But we have to say a secret shout out to Claire for saving the podcast this week. Oh, yes. Who you are, and thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> and can we go now? Let's go to bed. It's yes. one o'clock in the morning, and I've got to get up. Blah, blah, blah. Blah, blah, blah. Goodbye. Blah. The music for this episode came from podcastthemes.com. Goodbye!